0: I don't know what uh, it whatever it is it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is I've never seen that
1: what don't you f- understand? I can't read it there's no there's no words on it f- sake man, you're amateur there's no words there to play us out. What does that mean to play us out? What don't you get about it? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean for f- sake to end the show think for one f- second all right go go
2: again yeah. but uh, uh, uh
0: that's tomorrow, and that is a
2: No, Yes.
0: Right, game three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I, I can't do it. This is the second time that he doesn't
2: we'll do it, it live. Okay. Let's go
1: again. We'll do it live. Do it live.
0: I can. will write it, and we'll do it live.
3: Seriously, man, you and me, we're done. This thing sucks. I'm gonna kick your ass. You do oh shut God. up. For
1: we're up to our long distance dedication and this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand whether we have kids or pets or neither it's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio and here's what he writes Dear Casey this may seem to be a strange dedication request but I'm quite sincere and it'll mean a lot if you play it recently there was a death in our family he was a little dog named Snuggles but he was most certainly a part of let's start again I'm coming out the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a... Tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. It's a god last goddamn time. I want somebody use this thing f- to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo, and I got to talk about a f- dog dying.
4: Thing f- sucks. <laughs>
0: What am I talking about when I say that?
5: Oh boy, oh boy!
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we do to spread holiday love? Why, hello! It is seven minutes and fifteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this the month of February in the year of our Lord two thousand and nine. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy The Talker. This, my friends, my compadres, my amigos, my companions, my fellow travelers on the road of chuckles. Uh, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's uh, 503-733-2970. If you'd like to be part of today's uh, extravaganza, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you want to get on board with the comments, questions, clarifications, kvetchers, ruminations, ponderings, musings, limericks, haiku, whatever it is, you might have 503 503- seven three three two nine seventy, Richie Bristol standing by, ready. That's a lie, he's not. He's just sitting right here. Sitting right here with an everlast headband. No other event. Eventually he he'll be standing by.
5: Um we well, usually has the one with his name on it.
0: Headband with his own name.
5: I um, he wore that to bowling the
0: other day. Like a David Lee Roth used to wear just a big shirt that had his own face on it. Which you can really only do if you're David Lee Roth or Paul Stanley, or possibly Snoop. Well, in any event, uh, the number remains the same. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at am or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right, I don't know which to tease first, the giveaways or the stuff. I'll do the giveaways first, then we'll tease the stuff. Then I'm going to play you. It has nothing to do with Christian Bale either. I'm going to play a brand new soundbite today. I had a million people send us over today. It's fantastic. And the thing is, it just like the Christian Bale thing doesn't require any video. I mean, there is video that goes with it, but that's that is incidental. We'll get to that here in a second. Hey, Friday the 13th passes. So we have today. You can be among the first to see Friday the 13th at the uh, AM 970 premiere this coming Monday night at Lloyd Cinemas, ladies and gentlemen. You pick up your free pass for two Will supplies last. And by the way, I think that is as of uh, now. Wait, no. No, it's not now. Don't go now. Later on today, 1 o'clock. They'll be there at 1 o'clock. I'll be able to tell you where. So today, starting at 1 o'clock, you'll be able to pick up absolutely uh, free your pass for two to see the new Friday the 13th movie. So we'll announce the location later on today.
2: All right, that's coming.
0: Uh, later on today as well, we'll be doing our Happy Valentine's Day or Not giveaway. Flanked, as it always is, by another breakup story from the files of Sarah X. Dillon. A $75 gift card to proflowers.com. Here's the deal. You go to 970.am, you uh, tell us your breakup story, divorce story, whatever, 200 words or less. And if we read your story on the air, you get a $75 gift card to proflowers.com. So later on, we'll read another breakup story for today. And the listeners are already, I've got this, and it's, it's a lot of guys actually are sending me their own breakup stories I think because just as Sarah is making the winner feel less alone, I think now guys want Sarah to feel less alone. So we've got, like, let's see. I want to hear... One here.
5: Just, re- like, listening to it over again today, it's just like... I'm like, wow, that really did happen to me.
0: You see, because you listen back to it in the recap, and it's like a third-person perspective where you go, wait a minute. This is actually, that's me. That's just my being life. I'm in that
5: situation being like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I'm not in that situation anymore.
0: <laughs> Were you listening to recap going, you justify justify that the recap going, I pity
5: that penis molding in my head.
0: There's no justifying a penis mold, Sarah. That can't be done. Just a real quick one here. This one just says, this is from a guy. It says, tell Sarah not to feel bad about breakups. My Worst Breakup is a really long story, but the highlights include a fist fight with my ex's stepdad and me getting thrown out of a planned parenthood. Classy. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll read that later on today, and then, uh, yeah, we will tell you uh, where you can pick up your free passes to Friday the 13th. That screening is going to be Monday. There's more about that. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Just one more thing. The genius part, listening back to it in the recap, the story about the penis mold and the threesome and the hey, hey, and the suicide girl, uh-huh. is just as you, and it wasn't really by design, just as you finish, the little carpenters thing goes, voila, right underneath.
5: It really does, that music does make me sound genius, because I'm not doing anything. It's just, it just seems to time out. Every
0: single person Every... I've talked to the last couple of days are like, whoever put that music bed together is a genius. I'm like, that's Sarah. And they're like, she's brilliant. So, which is true. All right. Coming up later on the day, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us today. We're going to talk. For the love of Christ. Three different people that Barack Obama speak don't pay their taxes. For the love of God, how difficult is it to pay your taxes, sweet Jesus? Including the guy, by the way, it's going to be running. Uh, it's going to be running the, the Fed. I don't know. Paying your taxes, I guess, optional at this point. One can still get a job in the White House. Forty thousand dollars in taxes. It's an honest mistake. Whatever. Oh, by the way, did you hear that soundbite of Nancy Pelosi saying we're losing 500 million jobs a month? Best thing ever. Oh, wow. It's really... No, it's great. Boy, people are dumb and getting dumber by the second. But it works out well for us. See if I can find that. I think I've got just just a little money line isolated here. Let's see. Pelosi, Pelosi. All right. I'll play the whole thing later, but I mean, you get the idea. Let me just... uh,
6: Every month, that we do not have an economic recovery package. 500 million Americans lose
0: their jobs. There you go. I don't think she knows what she's talking about. That's just a hunch, though. I can't prove it. All right. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Steve Kastenbaum will join us from New York City. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Roop as well. Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. And they're the ones, by the way, who broke the, the Christian Bale thing. Uh, they're kind of first on the spot with that. So we'll talk to Katie Darrell today about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, our good friend Dave Schmidtke will be joining us later on in the news hour to uh, present some uh, information and the happenings uh, to you. I mentioned the Friday the Thirteenth giveaway. We got that coming up. Uh, let's see what else. We'll do today's uh, undead survival question. Is somebody in the building who wants to come in and not so much challenge, but he wants to bring up just one final thought on the Costco thing before we sort of move on. So we'll try to do that maybe later on this hour. Um, I think that's it. Uh, ooh, ooh, and. Not only have I got, and it's it, I got the Nancy Pelosi thing, another great piece of audio we'll get to. I don't even want to tease anything about it. I think I might just play it without without much of an introduction. So we got one one other great piece of audio for today, and then we'll do another exciting installment of Rick Emerson's Video Rodeo, which I think we last did. It might be the two girls, one cup. That might be the last time we did it. Because I don't like, know if we had anything. Much,
5: like, is it something, I mean, you something about a glass? Yes. I don't know anything about it, but Aaron just, you know, wrote me an email and was like, it's that glass video you're talking about with, yeah. holy God.
0: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's the thing that should not be. And by the way, just like the two girls, one cup, you know what? I'll live my whole life, not see it, doesn't matter. Uh, and here's how you know that the new video is awful, because our friend Siegfried sent it along, and he actually said, he said, this is the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Even worse <laughs> than the
5: eel fingertips?
0: Yeah, no, 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 it's awful. And, well, this is a video. I mean, ah. so I guess it's awful in like a whole different, I guess it's awful in a whole different way. And Siegfried really is the gold standard for awful. I mean, and so when he says that something is wrong, you know it's really, really wrong. Um, let me just read this. This is a little exchange between Zigfried and myself. He says, hey, Rick, here's one of the, um, uh, this is the worst thing ever. I'd say it's on par with two girls, one cup. Seriously bad, really bad. Don't watch it, don't watch it, don't watch it. Especially don't watch the end. And then, like, click this link. I did not, by the way, because I couldn't, actually. My browser was weirding out of me. And I, I emailed back to Zigfried and I said, I don't know whether to be happy or not. My browser is acting up at the moment. Maybe the good Lord spared me. Siegfried e- emails back, Rick, it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I sent it because it's going to be a pop culture reference, but no one should see it. I wish I could walk by a big magnet and have my memory wiped. It's awful. The Almighty spared you, Rick. So we'll do another video rodeo today. We'll see uh, somebody can watch it all the way to the end without looking away. And by somebody, I mean Richie. Uh, and then if Richie can do it, then we'll have a listener come in and do it for cash and prizes. No cash, really, just prizes. And they not really prizes so much as prize. We'll have a listener do it for prize. It's 503 733 We are uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How are you today?
5: Hello. I'm doing well. All right. How yeah, was you should... your evening? It was good. It was, it was early. I um, went and hung out with Kelsey because we have... We both have matching bikes now. We have, our, we both have our um, Bianchi Milano Parkos, and they're so pretty. They're like these, you know, light green with uh, red tires, and we look like total like 12 year old morons, you know, riding around. But we we went like went for a bike ride with our bikes, and um, yeah, and just went and had a couple cocktails. And then I was in bed by like 10, which was a bad idea because of course I woke up
0: at 4:30. So you shouldn't do that. I, think I you know learned by now.
5: I know, and I'm just. I was just so tired that I, I needed to go to bed. and I woke up at 4.30, and I've been up ever since.
0: Now, were you productive? Did you get up at 4.30 and do something like this? No, get no, I, done? Just, I
5: just laid there and kept looking, you know, at the window and being like, please don't be light outside, please don't be light outside. <laughs> and finally, I, I look, and, you know, it's starting to get a little lighter in my room, like, oh, God, no, it's oh, I light. I really love of Holy God almighty. All right. And then I was sitting there, uh, and then so while I was laying there, you know, thinking about the show, and then I'm just like, well, what story should I tell today? So then I basically just laid there for an hour, and I was thinking about the the best one that I could do to try and top yesterday, and I think I came up
0: with it. Excellent. I, uh, I went to bed, I don't even remember, I got to bed kind of late, I, had, uh, I was filming Outlook Portland today, and so I was, I was kind of working on that last night, and I got to bed kind of late, and do you ever wake up, well I know you do, Where you wake up and you get, it's like a weird thing looping around in your head for no reason, sometimes it's a song, but not always, like sometimes it's a scene from a movie, or it's just a notion, that is stuck in your head and you wake up at about four in the morning and it's just cycling around and around and around your brain. That's what was
5: happening. I I just kept like writing, yeah, I was just like writing it in my mind like, okay, how should I word this? And then meanwhile, there was, you know, some Britney Spears song or something that just kept looping in my head
0: as well. I woke up this morning around 4.15. It's weird that you and I both woke up around the same time. Actually, I went to bed real late, but I woke up around 4.30 and it's one of those things where I was kind of awake, kind of asleep, but I woke up around 4.30 this morning and I kept being convinced that I was a cast member on that show, Little People, Big World. Which makes like no sense at all.
5: But you were a cast member?
0: Yeah. Like I kept I kept thinking that I was a cast member on Little People Big World. Which is a show about the little people, the, the roll offs. Uh, and I so I don't um I don't... That doesn't make any sense. So there you go. That's that's what was going on in my brain this morning. Anyway, and then I woke up and drove to Beaverton. So... Oh, and then Philo the dog... Oh, so
5: have you been up since four thirty two? I have.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah. Oh, we're
5: both... Okay, so we're both kind of tired.
0: Yeah, so you've had a lot of sleep, and I've had... Well, not you've had like six hours, and mm-hmm. I've had about four. So, I mean, together we've had five hours of sleep. Yes. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> so there you go. And then <laughs> I, I actually had is...
5: to stop and get coffee on the way to work today. And then I had like a bad morning because I I rode my bike, and then I... um. To the store And then I totally forgot something That's to funny watch. I
0: don't see your bike here
5: Exactly So I rode my bike to Fred Meyer And then I, I was leaving And I realized I forgot my key card again I'm like you know what? I can't forget my key card Two days in a row So I get back there As I'm riding back up Hawthorne Some jackass is behind me In his car And he lays on his horn As I'm all the way over To the right Wearing a helmet right. Not in the way and He's like hey Obey the uh, He's like hey Obey the rules of the road And he was like Yelling at me and honking I was like I am What am I doing So I was just I was, just, you know, because I haven't had a lot of sleep, so I was kind of emotional and tired, and I was just like, you know what, f this. So I just <laughs> went and, driving. No, I just like dumped my bike off at my house. I'm like, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee, and I'm not gonna be like attacked by
0: cars today. Good for you. Well, because it. it's a, you know, especially you don't want to be biking if you're in a weird mood, no, because then you're not paying attention. That's how you get into an accident.
5: Exactly, because like that guy just upset me, and I'm like, oh, well, if that's because you can kind of you can kind of see, um, you can gauge like how the road's gonna be right. on certain days, and if I already have somebody yelling at me, it's not even 10 a.m. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not gonna. You know, I'm the weird thing it.
0: about that is, have you noticed this? As the last thing I'll say about uh, traffic and driving and whatever, because I can't really think of anything less interesting. But it's funny you say that, because I had to go out to Beaverton today for the Outlook Portland thing, which is hilarious in and of itself, by the way, because this, this episode's not going to air for a couple weeks. I think we're, we're like three weeks out. Um, but the episode of Outlook Portland I was taping today, the guests were um, actually Don Taylor was one of the guests, because we're talking about the print media in Portland and print, you know, like newspapers and magazines and with the rise of the Internet and science, what's going to happen to print journalism. And so the two guests were Don Taylor, because she used to work at the Tribune and a few other newspapers, and then also Ruby Holiday, who uh, publishes Gothic Beauty magazine. And so and it was just the weirdest, like most surreal thing, because I'm there in the Beaverton suburbs with, you know, Don Taylor, who's great, but obviously marches to her own drummer, as as do we. So it's like me and Don Taylor and then Ruby, who... I mean, you know, it's, it's not that she, it's not that there's anything weird or strange about her as such, but, I mean, she's, you know, but she publishes Gothic Beauty Magazine, and obviously she is, like, some people are the gay. She is the goth. And so it's like there's me and Don Taylor and this gothic girl underneath these bright studio lights in Beaverton at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday. That seems wrong. Totally, and it's just, like, so surreal, and it's like you're getting that third-person view of yourself, like, this was the weirdest thing ever. Take a look. Uh, so that was my whole thing today. But I'm driving out to Beaverton, and I got kind of a late start because the dog was, I and mean, it was a whole thing with, with with Philo. But but I noticed that the traffic was really light, and sometimes from my house to Beaverton, I mean, it can take like 40 minutes sometimes. And I was thinking to myself, did you ever just notice that there are certain days that the traffic is just really, really heavy, and mm-hmm. there are certain days the traffic is really light? But the weird thing about that is, that really only happens if everybody who is commuting is kind of on the same mental page. In other words. Why would the traffic have been really, really heavy yesterday, and yet the traffic is kind of light today? Like that doesn't happen because one person stays home or one person decides to leave the house extra early or extra late. And that's a thing where the whole herd must somehow be moving in the same kind of way at the same time. It's a bizarre thing. I, because usually traffic like
5: that's why I always I I really enjoyed the, like giving traffic reports and doing traffic. Cause traffic is fascinating. It is
0: fascinating. Mm-hmm. It,
5: I would I would be hypnotized. <clears throat> Like watching the cameras in the morning, like some days just apropos of nothing. It would be completely slammed the other days completely desolate do
0: you get the feeling that there are certain days like you figure like maybe on a Monday everybody's bright eyed and bushy tailed back to work can't wait to get back to the office i'm going to be hella productive. They get in the car and they all go to work early at like seven thirty eight o'clock a m because they're gonna get there and they're going to get they're going to get things done, and so that's why the, the road is maybe a little free or freer than it would be to run nine everybody's already at work, but you got to figure then on Tuesday everybody kind of says. Uh, eff it. I don't care. I'm going to go in late, and that's why the road then is clogged till later in the morning. As there must be some sort of groupthink going on. Anyway, all right. It's a five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you? Good. Richie's good. And don't talk about yourself in the third person. Oh, okay. You
5: uh, oh, got some sleep? So so.
0: I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to be rude just now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just you, just, you started to slip into that yesterday and you did it repeatedly. And well, I was I, going to I, talk about Rochelle. I fear that, yeah, I was going to say, I fear your breakdown is becoming more and more uh, yeah, imminent. imminent. So, oh,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. How I, was, I was talking as Richie's okay as in I was Rochelle. The, I, but
5: you're not Rochelle. Rochelle's you're Rochelle.
0: excited. Is Rochelle, am I speaking to Rochelle now or am I kind speaking
2: of, to I'm Rochelle? I'm leaning towards the the sensitive Rochelle side right now.
0: Them. Is this just so we won't make fun of you? Is that why you're saying you're sensitive so we won't be mean to you today?
5: Richard no. did come in and give me a hug this morning. Then It's like, "How are you doing, pumpkin?" And the joke is like, "Am I am I your only pumpkin?" <laughs> and he was like acting like a lady. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, he to like Rochelle better. So,
0: no, that's a terrible thing to say. No. And also weird, by the way. Now, was I did I hear some other diet argument happening this morning? Because I came into the studio at like 10:40, <laughs> and I heard, and it was that thing I could tell Sarah. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like Sarah. It sounded like you were really frustrated because you do this thing sometimes where you just say, you'll start to say something, but then you just cut it off. You'll go, Richie, but the thing with the... it, <sighs> never mind. And then you started typing away. And I wondered if there was some sort of diet dispute happening.
5: Yes, because Richie was telling me his goal weight. And I was telling, okay, you remember Chris who I dated, who was like, you yes. know, a little skinny. But... Yeah, he's a rail. Yeah, he's super, Chris is 160 pounds. Right. Richie wants to be 155 pounds.
0: I want to walk around at 160.
5: That's his goal weight. You
0: know? uh, I don't know that that's going to work. You're, you're, you know, the work. thing is, you're, I don't think you have the body type for that. You're more solidly built than he is. That guy's just, he was just a slender it's, man. He, yeah,
5: he's slim to begin I it with.
0: It but you're, yeah. you're, I don't mean this in a bad way. You're a stocky person, though. When yeah. I say you're wider, I don't mean that in a horrible. You know what I mean? He's just a very rail thin guy. Your body type, though, you're a little, you're, you know, you're more solidly built than that. You no, need, no, no,
7: not
4: fat.
0: You're not a, you know, but I mean, it's just like, but, I hate to say this, but it's like your frame or whatever you call it. I mean, it's like you're, you're just, he's just a, he is just a very slender, willowy person. And, and, you and want you're to not be
5: five pounds like I mean, gosh, I couldn't like sew together his pants legs and put them all, like, I mean, one I'm on. I'm
0: in my the head. 70s now, though. Mm-hmm. All right. It's well, only, you know, speaking of which, we are going to revisit this business of your training regimen today. We've got a personal trainer we're going to talk to. Uh,
5: well, she's going to call in around two. All right. I got my calliard
0: log ready. That's great. All right. Uh, Rochelle's excited about the drag queen is coming. Is she? Uh Oh, that's right. We should take it. Is
5: Rochelle working for you on Friday?
0: Friday, she will be here. Well, we should say that this Friday uh, at the news desk is going to be, because we're having a series of laid-off Portland media professionals filling in for the laid-off Portland media professional Tim Riley. This Friday, Poison Waters.
4: So excited.
0: Yay. Late of uh, Portland Monthly. Okay. Uh, Richie
5: is so stoked. And if, you, if you're if near the Internet, look at Poison Waters. She is beautiful.
0: And a, and a fixture on the uh, Portland drag scene. Poisonwaters.com. Uh, and then next week, I have another one. Is that next week? Uh-huh. Can we, is that confirmed? Maybe. Can we announce that? Yeah. I got a new email. Well, we'll just say that next week uh, we have... Our uh,
5: show's drag-tastic.
0: It really is. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week um, we have, I would say, Portland's preeminent drag star.
5: Yeah, we don't even say any more than that. Everybody knows know. who we're you talking about.
0: He knows who it is. We'll, uh, we'll confirm that later on, though. All right. Uh, do we have to break here? Yeah. All right, take a break. Come back after this, and just uh, don't let me forget, We have great audio. Uh, this this whole other piece of audio that we'll get to around the corner and uh, so forth. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. Indeed, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 Seven three three two nine seventy. Thank you for coming along. Later on, Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, James Rook, Katie Darrell from TMZ, Dave Schmidtkey joining us in the uh, newsroom later on. Uh, and we'll be telling you how you can pick up a free pair of passes through Friday the 13th uh, the reimagining, remake, reboot, reinvention, re whatever, uh, which is Monday, so we'll tell you about that later on. Plus, uh, today's Happy Valentine's Day or Not Breakup Story, etc. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN radio correspondent and uh, stylish man about town, Steve Kastenbout. Hello, sir.
8: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm, uh, I'm okay. I. Uh, how am I in the classic 1 to 10 scale? I'm an 8.3 right now. That's how I am. That's pretty good. It is. No, I mean, really. That's, and we're only like thirty-six minutes into the show, so I mean, I'm going to be trending upward, as they say. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, um, I know that I don't want to tie one thing into another here because then they're sort of two separate uh, deals. But it seemed like, so on the one hand, we got this. Um, it, it, this like a, you know a stimulus package going through, and then we get this burning Madoff guy, and they're trying to string him up because he was like because he swindled people out of like fifty four billion dollars, and then we got this the 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 Citigroup thing where they got the forty five billion dollars in government bailout money, and we got the third uh, you know the third uh, the, the person that, that Obama has nominated some the high level position within the government turns out they just didn't pay their taxes or didn't pay a big chunk of their taxes. Does it seem like this whole country needs to sit down and take some sort of like basic consumer ed how to manage your money class,
8: oh yeah, definitely, well, you know what the Obama administration is saying how uh people within the administration are, are spitting that one they're saying you know uh, that they wanted the highest caliber people, and while it might not have prevented these individuals you know their their tax issues from uh being appointed to the positions they were appointed uh, to uh that uh they didn't want to have any sort of uh, inference that uh, there was some wrongdoing going on, even in the slightest way. So that's why uh, all these names have uh, dropped out of contention.
0: And that's unless you're the uh, the Geithner guy, who I guess is still going to get the gig, right. though, right?
8: He's he's the only one. The Geithner one is is the one that uh, you know they let slide by because everybody speaks so highly of him here in New York, especially where he was part of the uh, the fed reserve here
0: the best and the best part about that is that he is actually going to be heading the organization that is in fact responsible for collecting taxes so you know so that's great so that's uh, you know whatever um
8: Hey man it was it was the program it wasn't him it was the uh-huh. uh the home the do your taxes at home program that
0: no that's that's great so you know it, 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 that's what i'm gonna the next time i get caught doing anything i'm gonna go no it wasn't me i uh it was this guy that was supposed to do it for me it's fine so hey works for the guy who heads the treasury department and worked for me
8: that's we, gonna be my excuse
0: this, seriously we should we, everybody should get um they should all get a tim geithner get out of jail free card you know what i mean has the treasury department seal or whatever on it next time you get busted not paying your taxes you try to write off you know what do you do well i'm riding off these Bruno Mali shoes, uh, <laughs> you, you pull out the card. You go, look, uh, that guy. You know, can just come me slack, just one. Give me one free shot or something.
8: Yeah, you know, you know when you're you're in between jobs and you just don't have the money to pay your taxes. If you go back taxes, I've been there. There's... I've, had my, I've had my assets uh, frozen.
0: I will say this. There's a, a book by Larry Flint uh, called An Unseemly Man, which came out in about 1997, which was his autobiography. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of stuff happens since then. But it was, his auto, you know, the autobiography of his life up until that point. And Larry Flint tells this story about the, how he financed Hustler magazine. And he says flat out, like, don't don't ever do this. This is not the way to do it. He took the biggest gamble. He just figured that it was make or break time for his his career and his business life. And he just quit paying his taxes, and he used all the money he would have been paying in taxes to finance the launch of Hustler magazine. And he notes that it, you know, it worked out really well, and he was able to pay off the taxes and all be the plus interest and penalties and fees and whatever. But if he hadn't, you know, they'd be, uh, you know, he'd be in debtor's prison or wherever it is you, whatever it is you put those folks now. Yeah. Uh, um, I have a question. What does TARP stand for? Uh,
8: the Toxic Assets uh, Redistribution Program, I believe. See, hold on. Let me get. I don't really I, know. You know, I had it. Just an, a few hours ago in front of me, and uh, I should have committed it to memory, but I have so many things going on right now. Yeah, the I'm sorry, Troubled Assets Relief Program, that's it.
0: Okay. So I should have that
8: committed to memory, that's my bad.
0: And when they, people talk about TARP funds, this is one of those things you hear a million times on the news, and so you just sort of start nodding your head and going along with it. When they say TARP funds, I don't really know what they're talking about. What, what is they're this?
8: T- they're talking about those hundreds of billions of dollars that the feds have already given out to banks and the hundreds of billions of dollars more that uh, remain to be given to those institutions that are in financial trouble. So it's it's basically money that came from you and me and every other taxpayer. Actually, it's money that really doesn't even exist out there, really. Because, uh, you know, we've, we've got such huge... Uh, budget deficits uh, in our national budget. I'm not sure where they're getting this additional money from. I guess it's great when you can print uh, money, you know.
0: So, well, it's good, you know, it is good to be the king or the guy with the movable type that creates the $100 bill. Yeah. Uh, So my question is, we don't know where it's coming from. Uh, Do we even know where it went to? I mean, are we still at the stage of not knowing where the last chunk of money went to?
8: Well, the Obama administration is in the process of, of scripting, uh, scripting of writing up these uh, new requirements for any additional funds that go to uh, these banks, so everybody else is saying, well, what happened to the money that we already gave them? So Citigroup came out and released a report uh, as it faced uh, greater and greater scrutiny over some expenses they had, uh, released a report saying what they're doing with the $45 billion they already received. So here it goes. $36.5 billion is being used for loans. One billion for student loans, 2.5 billion for small businesses. the bulk of this. they say 27.5 billion earmarked toward the housing market. Now I'm not sure what that means, earmarked toward the housing market, because they're saying only 8.2 billion is being used directly to go to mortgages. So that mean, Does that mean that they're making other loans available to uh, construction firms and developers? I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But uh you know you know Citigroup was coming under criticism for uh a corporate jet that they had uh ordered before the bottom fell out of the market mm-hmm. and they they reneged on that deal. And then they have the naming rights thing going on with the Mets New Stadium here, City right. City Field. For that they say they're con- contractually obligated to follow through on that. So they have no choice but to spend the two hundred million over the next twenty years, which compared to forty five billion is actually a drop in the bucket. But um, but they're saying no TARP funds are being used for the naming of the You stadium.
0: know, my, uh, I was talking to my wife last night. She said she, she heard something on uh, someplace. They're, they're talking about it, it's like it's a $7,500 tax credit or a something or other. It's something the government's going to give you, like, 7500 bucks if you're going to be a first-time home buyer. It's part of the stimulus package, I guess, you're trying to get through, where they're going to, if you have never bought a home or if you haven't bought a home within the last, I think, 10 years, that uh, they're going to have, like, a $7,500 tax credit to the purchase of your house. Have you heard anything about that?
8: I've heard some of that, and Lisa Desjardins would would be able to speak a little bit more about it because it just keeps changing uh, every day, and the stimulus package seems to get larger by the day as the Senate uh, negotiates their own bill and then it has to go back and forth between the House before they come up with a final project here. It just Um, seems like such a uh,
1: bad idea.
8: I mean, something has to be done. If if they don't uh, inject some money into uh, many different sectors of the economy, which have literally completely ground to a halt, and we've seen the figures for the last couple of weeks. I mean, literally, it's just come to a halt in so many sectors. Of, you know, we're we're in, in much worse trouble than we already are in, and we could be heading – you know, nobody wants to say it, but the economists say if something isn't done to stop the slide and it goes unabated, you know, some say a depression could happen. So, you know. They, they have to do something.
0: Doing your part to cheer up the show, as always, Steve. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Hey, I, you,
8: want, you want to hear something even better? Uh,
0: I, I do. I, well, I was going to – first of all, before, I don't know if same something you're going to ask me about, but you've been caught talking about the Bernie Madoff thing, right?
8: This is so great. Today, uh, a House committee on Capitol Hill is hearing testimony from this guy who everybody calls the whistleblower. His name is Harry Markopoulos, and he uh, was an investment manager working up in Boston – and his boss has said, uh, you know, hey, look at what this Madoff guy is doing. Look at the returns he's promising his investors. Uh, why don't you look into what Madoff's doing here and see if you can uh, match his returns for our customers? So the guy starts looking into it, and he realizes this, this just can't be done. This, this is a Ponzi scheme. And he gets obsessed with it, literally, because he starts showing his evidence to the Securities and Exchange Commission, and he claims that they did nothing with it. So over the course of eight years, eight and a half years, he and his buddies uh, started their own investigation. And he says time and time again, listen to this guy. He went to the SEC with this information, and nothing came of it. My team and I tried our best to get the SEC <laughs> to investigate and shut down the Madoff Ponzi scheme with repeated incredible warnings to the SEC. And it gets better, watch. The SEC never acted upon those repeated and multiple warnings over a nine-year tam- time span. And he just launched this blistering attack at the Securities and Exchange Commission. My team and I kept collecting additional information, and I kept sending it to the SEC, and they kept ignoring it. Now, here comes one. I I love this one. I gift-wrapped and delivered the largest Ponzi scheme in history to them, and somehow they couldn't be bothered to conduct a thorough and proper investigation because they were too busy on matters of higher priority. If a $50 billion Ponzi scheme doesn't make the SEC's priority list, then I want to know who sets their priorities. Wow. Look at that. Well done. Yeah.
0: That's a guy who practiced that speech in front of the mirror at home a thousand times.
8: He said that the SEC owes the American public, not just the Madoff victims, but the American public an apology because it was uh, because he claims, because they were asleep at the wheel, that we are in the economic mess that we face right now. You know
0: what I'm curious about? I'm uh, I know we I think we've had the discussion before about why it's called a Ponzi scheme and was there a Mr. Ponzi at some point. That, and, uh, you know, I'd be curious to know if there's any relatives of that guy who are you know are sort of really upset about the whole business and have like tried to had to change their name. You know like what if your name is like Ted Ponzi. You know <laughs> You're not going to – like, what if you were the most reputable, uh, you know, forward-thinking, honest, forthright businessman on earth, but your last name was Ponzi? Hi, my name is Rick Ponzi. Um, Would you care to invest in my company? And everybody said, no, 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 I'll pass on that, sir. I mean, having the last name of Ponzi effectively negates any ability you will ever have to enter the business world.
8: But yet, if you change that P to an F, suddenly you're cool.
0: Ponzi, yes. So the – uh, did I, th- I think I made a. I I forget exactly the history of the guy, the Ponzi guy who created the scheme, but I was saying at some point that they ought to do like a gold statue of him with his thumbs hooked in his pocket, sort of like, hey, I'm the Ponzi."
8: <laughs> you know, they'd have to do it um, in Little Italy. I believe that's uh, where uh, he, uh, he was from. He's um, uh, this uh, Italian immigrant who uh, had some investment ideas, and they were falling apart, so he just started this sort of pyramid scheme. And, uh, you know, the name has stuck.
0: I uh, I really would be curious to see if that guy had relatives and if they've had to change their name or if they've had to sort of, you know, they've augmented it to something else so they're not linked with that guy. Also, I've never really done the inversion of that joke, which is instead of having, you know, like a, instead of having a cool scam artist with a leather jacket called the Pons, the inversion is that you have a Fonzie scheme. And the Fonzie scheme would involve something about a motorcycle and a shark and then being able to turn on a pinball machine by hitting it with your hip. So I don't really put the – I don't have the rest of it put together. I don't know really where we're going to go from there. Um, And I guess that's it, except to say that – well, never mind. It's another, I was going to make a dumb joke about pyramid scheme, and then I myself have a dodecahedron scheme.
8: You know, I don't never know if it's – <laughs> I don't know if this n- means much, but maybe you're right because I just went on to uh, one of those online phone directory pages mm-hmm. and I plugged in the last name uh, Ponzi and New York, New York. Zero results
0: came. That's what I'm seeing. Would you, if your last name was Ponzi, wouldn't you? Especially if you were business minded. You know, if you were the local, I'm going to start a candy store. Wouldn't you go and spend the fifty bucks to have your name changed or something else?
8: Yeah, I think I'd have to because uh, somebody must have because uh, no Ponzis. And it's not like that. I mean, I would.
0: I mean, I would imagine that that's not like he was the only guy ever named that. That must be a name that has some some commonality to it. So, um, you know, who, it, it, no joke. You know, if you were, ever wanted to look into this, you know who can help you out is the Mormon Church. You go to I think genealogy.org is the yeah. website because you know they do. You know, for them there's a religious impetus behind it. But you know, whatever the motivation, the, the you know the LDS Church really is, by by most accounts, the single largest genealogy data bank on earth.
8: I've done that, and, and you you got to be careful, by the way, because uh, you, you try the free, uh, the, the the free you know trial, mm-hmm. and uh, if you, if you're not careful and you don't check off the right box, all of a sudden you wind up with a two hundred and eighty-six dollar charge.
0: No, seriously, and then there's just guys on bicycles coming to your house all the time. So, by
8: the way, I I, I uh, revised my search, so there's no Ponzi's in New York City, but there are Ponzi's throughout New York State.
0: All right, it seems. Well, no, that's a joke that I'm going to put away until later. I'll, I'll, I'll workshop that one some more. All right. Uh, on that note, my friend, as always, have a fantastic day. Are you on uh, tomorrow? If so, we will speak with you then.
8: Actually, uh, I'm going to be on vacation for a couple of days.
0: Vacation. Our big plans. You're just generally uh, getting away from it all.
8: You know, for the first time in a long time, uh, my wife and I are actually doing what most people do, and we're actually going to a warm destination during the cold months of winter. Usually, we find ourselves doing the opposite. But um, we're going to Puerto Rico for a friend's wedding.
0: Excellent, good for you. All right. Well, uh, travel safe and have a good time. We will talk to you when you get back, sir. Okay. See. You. All right. There you go. That's Steve Katzenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. All right. Uh, Richie, can you um, uh, can you let James know well, uh, if he wants to come in to uh, to make this uh, Costco observation? Uh, we'll we'll do that now, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back uh, here in a few with uh, Dave Schmidtke. He's going to join us later on. We've got uh, at least one personal trainer who wants to come on and that he wants to weigh in on the uh, the Richie thing and possibly. And do we know, are we talking to Adrienne? Is that um, her name? I
5: wrote her, and I have not uh, right. heard back from her yet.
0: Presumably at some point today. All right. Because here's the thing. Because Richie's on this insanity, and I don't think he's listening at the moment, but he's on this insanity of he's eating like 2,000 calories a day, but he's working out for like five hours in a row, mm-hmm. which does seem to me like, I mean, I know you're supposed to burn... Slightly more calories than you consume. I think They're that's the certain,
5: deal. You're not to burn all of them you know, times a thousand. That's
0: the thing. Is like you're, yeah, you're not supposed to use all of them up because then you're running a, a, a an unacceptably high calorie deficit. I would think, and then you just become crazy. And let's be honest, the really doesn't need any any help heading toward the crazy direction. Like that train left the station and is speeding down the tracks. Is it doesn't those rails don't need to be greased anyway at this point. Uh, all right, and then I got this great soundbite to play that is not uh, Christian Bale.
6: Thank uh, God.
0: Nor is it, oh, not that we're not going to play that again. I know. We probably are. And it's not this Nancy Pelosi thing either.
6: I month that we do not have an economic recovery package. 500 million Americans lose their jobs.
0: No, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked into it. That's actually accurate. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, our good friend uh, James Robinson. Hello, sir. How good are you? Good morning. Uh? All right. Where's my... Uh... Where are my spectacles? Mm-hmm. There we go. Zombie bed. So you know, each day this week, uh, as we look forward to another exciting episode of CBS Radio Theater, which is this Sunday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Immediately preceding a musicology, it's two back-to-back live serialized radio dramas. One will be Kimmy Waters and the Songbirds of Sing Sing, which is a sort of uh, detective noir thriller set here in Portland. It's fabulous! Brother. It is. It's it's great. It's uh, Nate Baker, Patrick Rochelle, and a whole bunch of other folks who put it together. So that's going to be the, that one will premiere this Sunday. We haven't had that one yet. And the other half of that is AZ, which is, of course, uh, modern-day Portland, but right after the zombie apocalypse. So, as part of that, each day this week we're asking a zombie survival question. And the one that we started with, and it's now Wednesday, we still haven't really fully resolved it, is the one that I've been talking to people about forever, which is the Costco, good place or bad to hide during the zombie apocalypse. Don't, don't call about it now, because this is just sort of, this is just an appendix. This is just a coda to the whole thing. I will first and foremost say that when I was driving out to, uh, to the CW today for the Outlook Portland thing, I had to drive by a Bymart on the way there, and it was everything I could do. I mean, I, was, I didn't want to be late to the, to the shooting, so I had to fight off the urge to stop and go check out the bi because everybody was like, no, 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 it's all about the bi because they sell guns. So some point I got to do a little like, field trip out there. But you uh, collared me yesterday, and you had, some, you had a point about uh, Costco that I hadn't really considered.
9: Uh, yes, I uh, think about things in, in the uh, dead of night. And uh thought your Costco idea was very valid until two things struck me. Number one, if if the zombie apocalypse happens at night, mm-hmm. how are you getting into Costco? See, that's a really good point, and I hadn't considered that, because one of the
0: selling points at the Costco is that unlike, let's say, Fry's, because Fry's got those big glass windows, you know, just those huge panels of glass that are right out toward the front, and there's no gate, there's no locking mechanism. So the undead would just swarm right through the glass. Costco just has the steel shutters and... The one big door that you can bolt. There's no other way to get in, and so if the if the sort of the zombie thing happens, like let's say after eight p.m. or whatever closing time is, it's like you've got to fight your way in. But that doing fighting your way into the Costco would almost necessitate breaking down the door, which then means you can't put it back up to keep it, out the it zombies. It
9: pretty much negates the uh, the whole purpose of Costco.
0: So it requires the zombie apocalypse to happen during business hours only, please.
9: Uh, well, that's the other thing. If it does happen during business hours. Uh, you're going to have to fight swarms of people to get in. Then you're locked inside with people who are potentially infected. Yeah, see, I didn't talk about that. And once they either. throw out one person, survival instincts are going to kick in, and people are not going to uh, say, oh, yeah, I've been bitten too. No, see now you're I'm, locked in with zombies. No, see, and I'm, and
0: I'm totally, and I'm ashamed to admit
9: that neither of those things really occurred
0: to me. I have. I have, I have failed whole family.
5: We should just stay in the radio station. That's the We have the ceiling doors. We have uh, viso, Cheetos.
0: That's coffee. fine, but
9: there's so little food here. Yeah, but there's weekenders. I mean, However, you do have very strong vehicles that could get you to Costco to grab food. You know that KUFO tr- thing that that they the KUFO that truck would roll over everybody. All three vehicles you can load up. And actually, the 970 vehicle,
0: you know, the Montero, that would, you can drive over some zombies with that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Sarah's got a point, actually, that down here we're behind electronically sealed doors. Uh, you know, and I, you know, it's not like they can't eventually be knocked down, but I, you'd have to get through. There are some windows I wouldn't trust. Uh, well, that KUFO window is, is largest, but I think it's got the steel
9: threading through it. Uh, however, you've got the, the window at my office, which is right next to yours. Oh, that's true.
6: No, and, yeah, my window. And then you're the end. end up
9: locked into this small area yeah. here. But then there's that window right next to the engineering. No, that's a that's a totally fair point. And just the the really just the smartest thing
0: you have said here. The whole the one thing that I really should have seized on is that if the zombie apocalypse happens during business hours, I got to fight my way into the Costco. You bolt the doors because you don't have time to kick everybody out, and you probably wouldn't have the manpower to kick everybody out. Which means you got to seal the building with everybody inside. Presumably, at least the law of average is that at least one person in that Costco is going to be infected. And even if you identify that one person who's infected, like you can spot like a bite or something and you mm-hmm. get rid of them. First of all, you have to either just kill them or lock them up in a freezer uh, or throw them outside. Can't throw them outside because it's opening the door and yes. zombies come in. And once somebody sees what you're doing with the infected folk, nobody else is, is going to volunteer that they're infected. Which means that you just have to constantly be on the alert for some guy that suddenly is all uh, red-eyed and whatnot.
9: And eventually the the others might get up in arms, you killing off people. And then everybody would be killing everybody else just because they sneezed, you know? Oh, yeah. As soon as you get a runny nose,
0: bam! Humans are very
9: paranoid
0: and uh, excellent at self-preservation. You know, and it must be said, by the way, that all of these same things you're mentioning, these are all true of Bimart as well.
9: So yeah well the, on yeah. top of that, Bymart doesn't have a lot of food yeah, that's true. well we're back to the drawing board all right, so here's the thing. When I we... have an excellent plan that I will not share because I don't want people we... going to that spot. <laughs> I don't want them to pilfer only only the selected few I deem necessary or worth saving because well, the rest of us are expendable i know well oh, you I know. And Sarah know. will be
0: there oh thank you that's <laughs> nice of you to say even if you don't matter. i
9: i need someone to give uh, to uplift the masses
5: <laughs> we need to entertain we can only go there if we have microphones in our faces i if can we be
9: entertain a, you will be your propagandists that's that's why uh, big right. jim is allowed to come actually
0: well we'll <laughs> need laughter all right hey uh... richie i'm assuming these are all zombie calls coming in just because just because i can sense it in the force so if uh, if you could uh, tell these folks we're gonna do the zombie today's zombie question later on um, See, so you know, look at that. So just like people, just mention, just, just use the Z word, and suddenly that's all you get. So it's, it's, it's top of people's minds. You know, it is top of mind awareness. Uh, so if you're on the if you're on the line about zombies, uh, we're going to do it later on today, Richie. So let those folks know that we are going to be revisiting at the zombie issue later on today. Today's undead question. Don't call about it now. Don't email about it now. Today's question, though, is, if not Costco, if not Bymart, is the best place in Portland? to uh, take shelter during the zombie apocalypse. What is the best Portland location to hide from the undead? So, again, don't call about it now. Don't email about it now. Save your thoughts till later on, uh, and we will get to it uh, probably in the 1 o'clock hour today. Today's uh, undead survival question. What is the best place in Portland to hide during the zombie apocalypse? That's later on. All right, thank you, James. Absolutely. All right, there you go. We'll ba- take a break. Back after this, uh, Dave Schmidtkey later on, Lisa Desjardins, James Roop, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. We return next you know the rick emerson show needs to learn to laugh again
5: it does i feel picky about this first hour and I think that's just carried over from the guy who tried to run me over.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the first hour was... I mean, certainly zombies aren't like a big up for everybody, but, I mean, you got to turn your frown upside down, so... I know, I know. It'd be a black rainbow, huh? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's 503 733 Coming up later on, Cena radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, also, Jim Roop, Katie Darrell from TMZ. Look, if Katie Daryl doesn't make you smile, then I, your smile muscles are all... I think she are makes all... you smile a little bit more than me. And she's just so... You know, the thing about Katie Daryl is... Do you get the feeling, uh, Katie Darrell's a TMZ correspondent? That, I mean, it's not really an act with her. When when it's sort of, I say, "How are you doing?" She goes, "I'm great." I mean, you really, it, she really is great. You know, she's. It's almost like a, am super. Thanks for asking." Kind of a thing. And then when I, and the other thing about Katie Darrell is, she has that miraculous ability to say things that would make you angry from other people, but with her, it's like they're just so sweet that you can't help but just just love her all the more. Uh, when I say, you know, like. Uh, I think I asked her, I said, hey, if you could be reincarnated as somebody, you know, who would you be? She goes, "As myself, because I have a great life. Everything's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, And it's like, you know, but you sort of go, well, okay, good for you. All
5: right. I guess, yeah, good for her. (laughs)
0: <laughs> are you sure that maybe the gray isn't just the filter through which I'm you gray are viewing on the everything?
5: Inside. Oh, that sounded wrong. Sarah
0: Dillon's gray on the inside. This just in. Okay, I got something that that should make you smile. and well, then well, you know uh,
5: how happy it makes me to ride my bike and just to know that some jackass was yelling at me and then I couldn't. See, see but don't give that to. guy power over your day. I know, but then, like, uh, so I would try to speed up to catch up with him. And, and you know, of course, he just, like, drove off and you ran through a red light. Why were well, you trying was, to catch up with him? So I could talk to him about the rules. of the hmm
0: I'm just saying, don't let him uh, don't let him harsh your mellow, Sarah. I know. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he was an ass. He probably deserved whatever you're gonna give him. Oh, but... I hate
5: it when people like slow down, I, like unsolicited opinion annoys me. Like when somebody's like screaming something at me and then speeds off, like right. so I have no chance to in run the, the road.
0: Board. In the road, mm-hmm. yeah. So no, unsolicited opinion while driving is one of the surest ways just to just to infuriate me. No, I'm oh, with you yeah. on that, uh, especially when it's somebody who's in the wrong. You know what I mean?
5: Like, if, say for example, I'm, I'm riding my bike in my neighborhood, and I'm just going to like Fred Meyer, and I don't wear my helmet. And someone, like some you know, ass on you know, with like the two side mirrors on their you know on their helmet, and they're wearing like all bright yellow spandex, and i say, like, you know, you really should wear a helmet. I'm like, really, is it illegal for me to not be wearing one? I'm like, I'm, I'm not speaking to you. Why are you
0: talking to me? All right. No, I'm I'm with you on that. See, nobody wants to hear that guy. It's mm-hmm. by, and you're right. It's always one of those Lance Armstrong bastards who look. And I'm sorry. There's many cyclists in the community who get angry every time I say this, but we all know this is true. Like the odds that the cyclist is an a hole, that increases in direct proportion to the amount of writing on their clothing. Exactly. And the tighter the clothing is. So, like,
5: and how many accessories they're wearing.
0: Exactly. So, like, if you're Sarah and you got whatever, you're whatever you buy like cargo shorts or jeans or whatever you know just like your normal everyday kind of you know workout wear or street wear or something you know that whatever you're probably you know you're just a run-of-the-mill person just out there happens to be biking but if you're one of those bastards who's like look everything i'm wearing is canary yellow and skin tight and it all has the name of a french cycling uh, helmet company on it then you know what you're probably an ass i'm not saying you're not in good shape you probably are uh, but you know why you got to be in sh- good shape because you don't have a lot else going for you, you know why because you're an ass so, it's just true. I mean, that's a thing we all know to be true. It's like the, uh, it is like the guy driving the truck who has, like, the no fear sticker and the Calvin peeing in his back window. Mm-hmm. You know what? That guy's got to put all his time into the truck. Why? Well, the Calvin crying you
5: know? at the at the foot of um, the cross. That's my favorite. I mean, there's <laughs> lots
0: of free energy to put through their vehicle. No friends. Why? Dick. So, that's the thing with the cycle.
5: Dude, I do feel better after saying
6: something about
0: I mean, it. I say, don't let that guy uh, screw up your day, sir I I've, will not. I've got something that will make you smile. Well, first this. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I
6: have an economic because we package 500 million Americans lose their jobs. So
0: there's that. Uh, we'll welcome our good friend Dave Schmick into the program here in a second. Before we do, let me just play this one thing. This was sent to me by several people today. Um, and this is – now, there is video that goes with this, but it's not really important. Okay. Um, all you need to know is that this is a video of a kid who I believe is five –
5: I heard about this. I haven't seen it yet. It's
0: gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's uh, it is a kid who's five years old. He was at the dentist getting some minor dental work done. I get the feeling it was like, um, I don't know, he had like, I think he he had like a thing with his gums. Like maybe he'd cut, cut one of his gums or he'd this some minor injury or whatever. So he goes to the dentist and they had to do like a little a couple stitches in his gums. And apparently the kid had been, you know, as you, as you might expect, the kid had been all cranked up. He was just terrified of going to the dentist. Because, you know, the dentist is freaky and you see it in movies and it weirds out, whatever. So the dad kind of a cool thing the dad wanted to show the kid how brave he was because and so the dad was like i'm going to film him before and i'm going to film him after and then later at home i'll say hey look how nervous you were and then afterward look how easy it was and so then the next time the kid got nervous about something that it was it's kind of a forward-thinking thing the next time the kid got nervous the dad could show him the before and after video and be like hey remember when you went to the dentist look you were really scared look here's afterward you were fine so you know so you're going to go to the doctor it's gonna be the same thing So that's the setup here, is that the dad, and this is a truly real video, the dad takes a camera with him to film the kid's dental visit so the kid will realize later it's not so bad. What you're going to hear is, this is after the dental visit, they have cranked the kid up on nitrous oxide or some sort of dental drug. The kid is in the back of the car, and that's really all the setup one needs, except to know that the dad is just filming this kid who is five years old, seat belted in, and the kid is as high as a paper kite. Also, the kid,
5: we should definitely bring
0: Dave Schmitke.
7: Dave Schmitke, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. Nothing like he knows all anything right. about being as high You're as a uh, paper kite. No. No, no, last week when I was here, you wanted to know if I did acid. So what drugs are we going to talk about today? <laughs> well, this is whatever they gave
0: this kid at the dental office. So, yeah, all you really need to know is if the kid is coming back from the dental office. He's five years old. The dad is filming him. The kid is seat belted in. The kid has no other infirmities of any kind. The kid is, uh, has his eyes open. And is fully awake. So he's high, unbelievably so, this kid. But he's fully awake, and eyes open, looking out the window, which makes some of these statements even better. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you uh, uh, the five-year-old kid coming back high from the dental office.
9: Yeah, I know. How did it go?
4: I didn't feel anything.
9: Yeah. Oh. I feel Kinda of felt good, didn't it? Uh, it is this real life. Yeah, this is real life. <laughs> okay. okay, now
4: Okay oh, now I I have two fingers.
0: Good. He's jamming oh, them in his in his nose and in his mouth.
9: Four fingers? No. Nah, uh, uh. Don't put that in don't put it in your mouth. Okay? You feel good?
4: I can't see anything. Because eyes
9: are yes, wide you open. You can. <laughs> Stay in your seat.
0: The big smile that either slumps over. I
4: don't feel tired.
0: You don't?
9: Uh-uh. No? Draw stitches. Uh-huh.
4: Just draw
9: Yes. On my teeth? Yeah, don't touch it. Don't.
4: Why can't I touch it?
9: Because it'll mess up the stitches.
4: Your four
9: eyes. Yeah. I, I feel funny. Why
4: is this happening to me? <laughs> it's okay,
9: bud. It's just from the medicine. Okay? Is okay?
4: This- be forever?
9: No.
3: no, it won't be forever.
0: And then the kid just slumps forward, completely unconscious. So the best, the best parts of that are the kid saying, "Is this real life?" I love that.
5: Then it's going to be forever. And then when the kid says,
0: "I can't see anything," and his eyes are completely open and he's looking straight ahead, and then. When he says, um, th- "When he says I can't see anything again," and the dad says, "Yes, you can," and then it immediately goes to this, yeah! which is just the kid looking oh straight God. ahead. He opens his mouth and just screams, and then he closes his mouth and then just smiles and looks forward again. It's <laughs> like the best thing ever. So uh, anyway, so there you
7: go. That's uh, the joy of children, ladies and gentlemen. Kids a little too high. Got to go in the corner and listen to some Almond Brothers. So
0: great. I mean,
7: I I don't think they ever gave me. Well, first of
0: all, I don't think I've I've never had nitrous oxide like a, the, the, in in any. Oh, you any, haven't? No.
4: Oh, it's
5: glorious. Because my I, parents would never.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't think they'd give it to you if you were that young. No, I had thing. to have
5: den- you know I've had mo- so much dental work my entire life. I had like torture devices in my mouth. Really? Oh yeah, I had to have a Did you have braces. I had braces. That wasn't even it, though. I had to have a metal rake behind my bottom of my teeth. What's that? Basically, metal spikes. Oh, that They're sticking out. Do not back up. That are like this, like they're shaped like that, and it was put behind this, um, my bottom row of teeth, just so my tongue wouldn't push out my bottom teeth. And I also had this metal crank thing. It was like a padlock at the top of my mouth that was attached to like, um, like a back, like. Four, or six molars.
0: Was there a guy named Jigsaw on the on the <laughs> going? This is because you cheated on your taxes. There was one way out of this room.
5: And once a week, I would have to. My mom would have to sit me down, and there was a key that you put in the padlock, and you had to do it one full turn to pull my mouth in. Ah, I, I
7: knew you were into some kinky stuff. <laughs> like, wow,
5: it was so painful. I would cry, and so like I had, I had like lines permanently on the front of my tongue for like.
0: Years. i've never even heard of that oh.
5: mm-hmm. and i have those both at the same time too so I, I look like this scary like demonic child with these metal spikes it's like a them.
0: weird seriously it's like a weird i was gonna say it's like a, it is like a torture device it's like the rack or something Yeah, it's called it, a yeah,
5: rake and it was like like five or five or six like metal
0: spikes on the inside of
5: your teeth and neck. they weren't like thin either i mean they were like probably like pokey yes like really sharp and like the size of maybe like a ballpoint pen tip Like and so
0: this thing in the roof of your mouth though it was like a padlock and then like you would turn it mm-hmm. and it, it basically it was a spreader and it spread your did it pull your teeth in or did it push them out so
5: it, it pulled them in so like so that's the roof of my mouth here's what? that thing there's a the key and so you have to stick the so i have to like stick my I, remember, I still remember the taste of metal when i uh. had like uh, my mom would have to like Take the key and turn it in, and that
2: is
0: so weird. Wouldn't that be hard to talk with all that? in your Oh
5: mind? yeah, it was, it was awful. And then after that, that's when I had, and then I had braces for.
0: God damn, that sucks. I am so glad. You know, I never had to have braces ever. I never had to have any dental work done except for like you know the occasional filling. I was just, and 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 I, and I would never really, and here's the thing is, I never really appreciated that either. I was never grateful the way I should have been, um, th- because I just, I don't know, I had nothing to compare it to. It wasn't until my younger brother who just had. I mean he had like my brother had the worst teeth on earth. I mean it was like that it was like that episode of The Simpsons where um the dentist is showing lisa like here's why you need braces he's like here's your mouth now and it's like her (laughs) mouth yeah here's you in five years and it's like the teeth are coming out of her ears (laughs) yeah and that like that was my younger brother and he had to have teeth pulled before they could even do any straightening like he had to pull teeth like before they could even talk about like braces or whatever and then he ended up going to mexico to get a root canal done and it was a whole thing um oh my sister
5: had it worse too my sister had had to wear headgear. oh that's hilarious and there's this picture when she gets married i'm going to blow up that picture and put it everywhere there's this picture of Good her with, like, this peach-colored chin thing, you know, and there's a big forehead strap, <laughs> <laughs> and she's smiling kind of crazy-like and has, like, this big metal thing. It's a glorious picture.
7: Waiting for the bus that isn't long. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to drink from the water water faucet thing did that she get sleep in it
5: yeah, she, yeah it was mostly an at home yeah. Like she didn't go in public
0: but see occasionally there'd be the kid at school that had to wear the headgear all the time mm-hmm. and you know you would just like dude this is the worst thing if you'll ever have to go through like if you, if you even you know and children children are so cruel but i mean it's it but it's like i don't even think we ever made fun of the kid with headgear because it's like you're just i mean what is there to say at that yeah. point i mean like you can make fun of the guy with like whatever thick glasses you make fun of the guy with like uh you know, you make fun of the guy with, like, uh, you know, a weird face or something. But it's like, the guy with headgear, it's like, he's already so effed. There's just no, what are you going to say to him? Hey, you got a thing on your head. I mean, there's just no, like, he just looks ridiculous. So there's just no, there's nothing you can say that is going to top just the reality that faces him in the mirror every morning. Boy, that sucks. So in retrospect, I never realized how lucky I was that my teeth were fine. My wisdom teeth, uh, my dentist told me that they're like in. I don't know when that happened. My wisdom teeth all came in at some point. It's fine. It was never an issue. Wow. Um, Because I kept waiting for that to happen. I'm like, oh, God, I hear these wisdom teeth. I didn't have any health insurance. I didn't have any dental insurance. And I didn't have any money, of course, because, you know, radio. Mm -hmm. So I lived in fear of it. So when I finally went to the dentist, like last year for the first time in like 12 years, I told the dentist, like, so, Doc, when are my wisdom teeth going to come in? He's like, how old are you? I'm 34. He goes, they're in. And he goes, let me look. Yeah, they're all there. And they just came in at some point like, you know, like ships
7: in the night, and I never really noticed it. And I'm really lucky because I don't know what I would have done.
4: Yeah, I could be bad.
7: Mine were impacted, and then laying on their sides, they had to actually break the jaw and then break up the teeth and bring them out in little pieces.
0: Hold on. We're going to have to smash your jaw to tiny bits. You may feel a twinge. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Luckily, I was about as high as that kid was. So when you impacted, what does that mean? I, you know, I'm not completely sure. I, I I I don't know if that's what it means. Why if they if they're laying yeah, down they're on their going side going wonky into something else? Or? Yeah, and and pushing forward and
5: your wisdom teeth?
7: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
5: that was. I, I woke up when they were taking out my wisdom teeth. <laughs> where am up, I? I up, ah! up, so they only got three of them out because the bottom two were so um like they were stuck so far in there. And I remember waking up they hadn't given me enough medication, and feeling the scraping.
0: Mm. Like
5: in ah. there, and I guess I was crying, and I remember feeling a scraping. And I was like, oh, God, she's awake. And then they gave me more.
0: That's what you want to hear. Oh, she's waking up. Oh, get my chlorophyll.
5: I don't know, as I can, like, taste blood in my mouth. And,
7: oh, and then you can get a hanging blood clot. Ever had one of those? Oh,
5: and dry sockets. I didn't get.
7: Oh, welcome you... to the lunch hour. Oh, death and gloom and sorrow and murder.
5: <laughs> I still have, like, a holes back where they used to be, and sometimes a noodle will get
0: stuck in there. Oh. <laughs> a noodle? <laughs> That is the worst thing you have ever said. <laughs> what do you mean you have holes back there? Don't they fill those? No.
5: I mean, there's still like a little... I Are mean, you
0: sure that you're not being punked over like 30 years?
5: <laughs> no, I mean, it's all like it's not... Put this
0: padlock in your mouth.
5: No, because I mean, they remove like, something. It's just, you know, just like it's not... It's healed, but I'm saying there's like a hole.
0: And you get a noodle in it every yeah. now and again. <laughs> yeah. How do you get the noodle out?
5: It's not that deep in. I'm just like, oh, there's... Oh, so
0: it's like an indentation. It's an not indentation. like a cave a... or something. Yeah,
5: it's not like going into my neck or something. All right, like
0: I just had no idea. I was like, well, where's that food being... like, <laughs> Does it eventually just fall into your stomach from, you know, some other place? That's just strange. All <laughs> right. just right. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Hey!
7: You go. And now from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Wonderful... Hello, Dave Schmidtke. How are you, Rick? Sarah, I am simply marvelous today. Fantastic. I maybe we could start our news in Australia. Excellent. Because it's so <laughs> depressing around here. Let's go to Australia, where a man is caught smuggling pigeons in his underwear. Well done. <laughs> That's right. An alleged bird smuggler has had his feathers ruffled after airport customs officers seized two live pigeons stuffed in his underwear. The 23-year-old Meadow Heights man arrived at Melbourne Airport on Sunday from Dubai and Customs and Border Control officers found two bird eggs in his pocket. When they searched him thoroughly, they found he was wearing tights and one bird stuffed down each leg. Uh, maybe, I, maybe you said this and I just missed it somehow. Does it say why you would do this? Is there a big pigeon's? Well, I didn't know (laughs) pigeons. You know, I'd be willing to give them pigeons for free. Is there a big market for pigeons? Don't we have more pigeons here than we know what to do with? Well, here's the deal. If convicted, the alleged smuggler could face up to 10 years in jail. But smuggling pigeons is like smuggling. Smuggling smuggling pigeons is my new favorite phrase. (laughs) (laughs) It it could mean something else. What could it mean, I wonder? Smuggling (laughs) pigeons is like smuggling ants or something. There's there's no
0: (laughs) point. Like, what are you going to do? I'm going to smuggle some dirt. I mean, there's like uh, pigeons. And first of all, I guess we're third of all. Third of all, the other thing about smuggling pigeons is that unless you have a guy who's willing to buy them, and why would he? Because they're everywhere. They can fly, right? Like there's no need to smuggle them. Like they could just, uh, you know, they're just everywhere because they got wings
7: and so forth. Well, whatever. <laughs> all right. It right,
0: doesn't matter. Uh, I guess it's the fact that they're in his pants. I guess that's really where the that's the humor here.
7: All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, I I don't get it either. Uh, you know, it's about as much makes about, about as much sense as putting sparklers on squirrels' t- tails and setting them loose. Yeah, there's just game. nothing There's nothing there that, that is that is making any sense to me. Well, all right. Here's Dave uh, Schmicky. Well, you know, there you go. And, well, we're talking about critters we should talk about in New York City the uh, on Groundhog Day. Maybe you saw this video, but uh, everyone knows it means six more weeks of winter when a groundhog sees a shadow, but what does the future hold if he bites the mayor? <laughs> I would say tetanus. Well, according to I Germans... Think six weeks of shots. Yeah, I, you're probably right. According to German, German superstition, if a hibernating animal casts a shadow on February the 2nd, the Christian holiday of, I didn't know this, Candlemas? Yes. Oh, yeah. Learn something every day. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying yes to, to make myself look smart. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Well, anyway, Mayor Michael Bloomberg uh, tried to pull out Charles G. Hogg, Staten Island's famous groundhog, and apparently Charles did not care for that a whole lot and bit Mayor Bloomberg uh, on the ham. First of all, I dispute that the, the, the groundhog of Staten Island is in any way
0: famous because that's a that's that's Punxsutawney Phil, right? right, that's right. What are you gonna do you Staten? What is his name? Charles? Charles. There D. is Hodge. N- there's Punxsutawney Phil. There is no uh, there is no Staten Island Charles. That's just made up. That you know what it is? They're attempting to hijack that, and I won't have it. Yeah. Right? The New Yorkers attempting to steal something from Philadelphia. That's just uh, that's not right, and I'm not going to. Uh, I won't be part of that. Also. Am I just calling that Groundhog Punxsutawney Phil because of the movie Groundhog Day, or do they call it that every year? Like, is that the name of every Groundhog in Punx, Punxsutawney?
7: I I think that's the name of whatever Groundhog is filling in for that, you So know. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Getting yanked out of the box. But I mean, is it every year there's a new Phil? Is it like, uh, is it
0: like Darren I'm Bewitched? different? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'll see if, uh, we'll see if Kristen Bowie's here. She'll know this. <laughs> la, la,
4: la,
7: la. Oh, God, that's a hell of a learn clock. That's going to be. Uh,
10: good afternoon, Rick Emerson Show.
7: Hello, Dave Zinn. How are you?
10: I'm doing great. You're hey. listening to KCMD? Thank you. Portland? The talker. All right.
0: Uh, it's Kristen Bowie around? Yes. Should you pass me her way, please? Sure. Thank you. All right. Taylor's People, Dave's always disappointed we don't to talk to talk to want to talk to him. Do you think he secretly, like, answers the phone hoping that this time we want to talk to him for him? Mm-hmm. not because he has the uh, the phone book in front of him? Hello. Hello, Kristen. It's Rick. How are you?
11: Good. How are you?
0: I'm Dandy. Hey, uh, was it you or your boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend or something? Punxsutawney, you had to go?
11: Yeah, I had to go to Punxsutawney and I ended up almost dying in a Days Inn
0: or something in Du Bois, Pennsylvania. Died in a, oh, in a Days Inn. I thought you said in Dave's Inn. Yeah, I
11: had, no, I had to go to the emergency room that day. Uh, Was this your
0: current man or an ex-man?
11: It's the same guy.
0: All right. Uh, So he is from Punxsutawney?
11: Uh, He grew up right outside of Pittsburgh, and it was actually – his mother was born in Paxitani on Groundhog's
0: Day. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's got to suck. Yeah. (laughs) Because especially growing – especially – wow, I never thought about that. Especially if you are – Born in Punxsutawney and live any amount of your childhood there, that's like being born on Christmas. No it, one cares.
11: It, it's a pretty horrible day day for that town. Like, uh. there's thousands and thousands of people there. And
0: By the way, I don't mean to be glossing over the fact that you almost died. I'm sure that's well, a great well, story no, as well. It. It,
11: it was fine, but whatever. <laughs>
0: um, hey, so Punxsutawney Phil, is Phil the name of the groundhog just in the movie, or every year do they have a different groundhog named Phil? Oh,
11: his name is Phil.
0: But every, no matter who the groundhog actually is?
11: Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's at a place called Gobbler's Knob.
0: Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
11: I love <laughs> that name. Knob.
0: Gobbler's you've seen the movie Groundhog Day. It that's totally been forever it's, though. Oh dude, you gotta watch it. It I know, holds I know. up. Okay.
11: It I even have a groundhog beer at home.
0: Groundhog beer? Is that okay. like a thing that they make like in like at the Latrobe factory or something? Right. I, I, think, when they're not making I do rolling believe rock?
11: so. I do believe that's correct.
0: All right, excellent. All right. So every year the groundhog is named Phil, regardless of which groundhog it is or where they get it, and it does take place at Gobbler's Knob. Yes. Did they, when you went, did you go to the actual ceremony?
11: Um, I I wasn't able to. Oh, come on.
0: Was this because you almost died?
11: <laughs> I couldn't even get out of bed. I was
0: oh, 3,000
11: miles away from home sick.
0: Wow, well, that's fine. All right, thank you. All right, thanks. Oh, that's good.
5: Have you ever been sick while on vacation? It's a special kind of sad. It
0: sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. You know what sucks worse than, well, it doesn't suck worse than that? Being sick on vacation sucks. Also, having to use your work sick days when you're actually ill sucks. That's no good mm-hmm. either. Gobbler's Knob is the name of the place. <laughs> He's and not it's, making it up. No, it's like in Groundhog Day when they're playing that ghostly. No, you got to see Groundhog Day again. I will tell you this, it holds up absolutely and completely.
5: Yeah, because when you played the opening the other day, that was so hilarious. It's but so great. Ned
0: the, it, and the other great, because it's a wonderful cast and Bill Murray is a genius. Yes. And there's nothing dated about the film at all. It I mean, There are really no date references of any kind. And here's the other, and then I, then I then I'll shut up about it. The great, great, great thing that has happened with Groundhog Day, and, I, and at Groundhog Day, and I have the DVD, and there's a whole supplemental, there's a documentary in it about this. That Groundhog Day, the movie, has now become this film that various churches and faiths show. Really? Because a whole bunch of different religions have glommed onto it, thinking that it illustrates some sort of a central tenet of their faith. Huh. Uh, so, for example, uh, I know that there are Catholic churches. Uh, Catholic churches have have started to show Groundhog Day occasionally because they believe that it talks about purgatory. And about the notion of one, how one's life, either the actual purgatory after death, or how your life can be a purgatory, where you are repeating the same things, essentially the same misbehaviors or sins over and over, until you learn the error of your ways. And then you achieve happiness and one with Jesus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's, um, like a Buddhist and so forth have said that that Groundhog Day represents reincarnation. And that one reincarnates over and over again until one achieves perfection. Then you transcend and you achieve nirvana. And I know that... um, There have been philosophy students who've said that Groundhog Day represents um, Maslow's pyramid of self-actualization, where one slowly moves from uh, only caring about oneself to the self-actualized apex of the pyramid, where one cares only about other people, then one is actualized. And so none of that's necessary to enjoy the movie, but that's one of the reasons it's got such longevity, because the movie Groundhog Day is this canvas onto which you can project like anything.
7: Well, it makes sense because he starts off as if you were in that situation and you had this day that would keep popping up, then you would probably go through that progression of at first, you know, breaking the law. You know, having totally. fun, drinking too much. To, uh, using your uh, – u- wooing women. Yes, exactly. Strumpets. He does – strumpet. He does that – he, <laughs> he does that – for some reason when you
0: say strumpet, I don't know what I – I don't even know what a strumpet is, but every time somebody uses the word strumpet, you know what I think of? I think of a woman – uh, here's what happens in my head. When you say strumpet, you know what I just picture? I just picture – Not in a not in a naked way, but I just picture – the back of a woman's legs, and she's wearing those nylons with the line that the goes to the, the back. back. I don't well, that, know why, that though. That is so cool. But, I mean, why is that image linked to that word? It makes no sense. But, yeah, because he's, he's doing that thing of he, he tricks that woman into thinking they went to high school together. Yeah. Mrs. Walsh's class, you know, and then, so, there you go. It's a great movie, though. Yeah, love it, love it. I actually watched part of it a couple days ago,
7: because, you know, they're playing at TNT. Kind
0: of, of, of course. Of do they do it? They play for the whole day. Pretty much. Like, is that yeah. their, like, uh, that's their early uh, year Christmas story? Yeah, Christmas story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: Phil.
8: <laughs> He's, uh, Dave
7: Schmicky. All right. Well, let's see here. Moving on in the news today in Montreal, an extremely wealthy man accused of shutting his ex lover out of fifty million dollars in alimony told a Quebec court Thursday that a proposal to marry the woman was nothing but an April Fool's. Gift. Oh,
5: oh! This is the. I don't remember. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said this is the. Contender for the biggest A Hole Award?
7: Yeah, A yeah. Hole does come to mind. Yeah. With this one. <laughs> Damn. Now they won't they they don't release names because that's uh, a law in, in Canada. Uh but the woman is now seeking monthly child support payments of fifty six thousand dollars plus a one time payout of fifty million. What I don't understand. So he, so he proposes to her
0: and then later she's like, hey, what about that marriage thing? And he goes, oh, no, 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 baby, that was an April Fool's joke.
7: Well, It's really strange because during their decade-long relationship... Dude. ...decade, the wealthy and well-known businessman continually promised to get married, the 35-year-old <laughs> single mother. such <laughs> a
2: bastard.
7: Yeah. Eventually, the man popped the question, and the couple set their wedding date for April 1st, 2001. You know he was, like, drunk or he
0: just, like, in a moment where he wasn't really thinking, you want to get married? Yeah, sure, baby. How about April uh, something or other? Well, yeah, and
7: he says the date was simply a prank and that he never intended to marry her. In fact, the man had always maintained that he was against the institution of marriage and never intended to tie the knot with the mother of his three children. So, idiot. what is our read on this? I mean...
5: So, basically, he had children with her. But, yeah. I mean... He's strung her along for ten years, and then they're trying to get a divorce, and he's trying to block her out of getting any money from him because they're not married.
7: But, yeah. I mean... Uh, so well, I, mean, I don't know if they have palimony in in Canada. But
0: I mean, so I'm confused. Did they actually go through a ceremony, or did like the date arrive and the ceremony didn't happen, and that's why she's suing him?
7: That's the the latter one.
0: So they so they got to the day of the alleged wedding, and she's like, "Are not we supposed to be getting married today?" And he's like, "April no, That was a joke. I'm watching TV. I
7: yeah. mean, wow. Well, you know, and you gotta wonder why would she stick around for a day? I mean, you know, my wife wouldn't wouldn't have done that. There's no, no way. If I'm, I don't, can't think of anybody with self-respect that would hang around for ten years. Pound and ten. have like
5: three children with somebody.
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know,
0: in Canada they got weird laws in Canada too. We're like yeah, they, You Do know, they you have can, common
5: law marriage or anything there?
0: I don't know. I don't know if they have common law marriage, but I know you can get sued for a lot of stuff, like emotional, uh, like it, not emotional abuse, but you know, like well, you know, like uh, it's not a big secret. You know, Tom Likis. You know, Likis had to go on trial in Canada. Uh, his show was on trial for hate speech in Canada because mm-hmm. they got real strict laws about that stuff. And I if I, I may be getting the details wrong, but I think Likas had to go because there was some sort of a suit. I forget the details. He, he was a news story. He'll, he talked all about it. But he had to go, and there was a court case regarding the Tom Likas show in Canada because they said it was hate speech and blah, 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 blah. So they're really weird about that stuff. Uh, the government in Canada, I mean, they're kind of a godless people, and it's the um, the government is really overweening in some ways there, too. Like, they got, a whole, they got all that, that jive where, like, like 80% of the station's playlist has got to be Canadian artists. Oh yeah. Which just means that the radio sucks up there basically because oh, it's like how many times can you hear the tragically hip? I mean
5: like Avril Lavigne.
0: That you, basically yeah or like Brian Adams or you know, uh, you know, or uh, like Alanis Morissette or some crap. So, by the way, speaking of Alanis Morissette real quickly, I still haven't been able to find uh, those first couple of albums she did. Back before she was famous, oh, her pop yeah. Because like I know her record company got them taken off the market, and I know they're floating around there somewhere. I've just never been able to find them. So if anybody has the hook up on on her pre-fame uh, records, you you let me know. I'm trying to uh, trying to find out. All right, here's Dave Schmicki.
7: That's right, that's right. I think it's uh, time for. Is it time for? Oh sure. I think it's time for. Penis watch. Take a that's look. At my
4: enormous I love TV. the And
0: the hand gesture that goes along with that. Well done. Yeah. It's like you're that guy at the end of The Sound of Music going, the Von Trapp Family Singers. And he put out his hand and like, then it's just like they never arrived. You're that guy right now. All right. It's Dave Schmicky.
7: Uh, Randy Romeo had to have a ring cut off his willy when he got stuck during a sex game. I'm just, I'm not making this up, actually. Well, this is a news story, Dave. Yes, uh, oh, that's right. We're breeding in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. And
0: we all know that if it's on the news, it's got to be true. Well, you know what? I don't know if you followed some of the print media and the stories they've been reporting the last few weeks. We have a kind of an elastic definition of news in this town. We sure do. All right. Yeah.
7: Anyway, this uh, we're going to go to Kent, England. This red-faced lover had the object removed by firemen with industrial cutting equipment. I... <laughs> You know, it's funny, because when I think about that area of my body, the first thing that I want is to have industrial cutting equipment next to it. Well, and a group of uh, big guys standing around. Well, you know, that works for some folks. Not judging anyone. Some people have to pay for that. That's right. (laughs) A hospital source said, the guy obviously thought he might be able to get it taken off without the fire brigade being called in. And the last thing he wanted was a load of burly blokes seeing his predicament. That's what we're calling it (laughs) now. Predicament. Really? Um, So this is uh
0: I'd be very uh, circumspect with it. This was a ring that is used for uh, perhaps the prolonging of uh, sexual congress, yes, that he put on and then it just couldn't couldn't be removed well this is a
7: really oddly written oh Chris, this is out of the song, it's, it's so you'd british catch. you know
0: yeah. they're 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 weird
7: i mean all it really says it was pretty embarrassing. maybe he got bored with all the cold weather outside and <sighs> got a bit carried away while trying to keep his missus warm i uh, uh and it, it but doesn't it sound very much as though again like
0: That's not an object that is meant to be used for that purpose. Uh, No, because they make those that like are meant for that, right? And um, there was a whole story on this program some years back about uh, somebody on this show who uh, wore one around their wrist, thinking it was just a regular bracelet. (laughs) I still have it. (laughs) It's Sarah. Um, It was pretty, and it has snaps though for easy release. You pull on it, and it comes. It's
5: just like a little like studded. Bracelet. Can guys. I see
0: how big your wrists are? I have pretty,
7: uh, yeah, okay, small wrists.
0: And so, yeah. to, do you still wear it every now and again? Yeah, good for you. Because yeah. you know, you wouldn't know. You'd look at, you think it's a regular bracelet, leather, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little thin strip of black leather with with um, snaps on it.
5: Like little spikes on it.
0: You would never, yeah, you would never know that it's a uh, that it's a bracelet for another part of your body. Okay. Uh, but so, but it's like a metal ring that indicates to me that he didn't want to bother to go to the store and buy one. He just decided, like, I'll, I'll just use something, you know, that around he was just... Around the house. Oh, yeah, just unscrewing things around the house looking for washers. <laughs> that's right. That's what it sounds like. Hold on. Let me see if I can... Wait. Okay, now... Ah, hold on. Ah, a second. Ah, crap. By the way, I'm just going to read this one dental story. Uh, Listener Jessica says, Brace yourselves. I had 22 teeth pulled. 22 teeth? You wouldn't even have any left. <laughs> wow.
5: Maybe she had to get dentures or something.
0: Maybe. I had 22 teeth pulled over 300 stitches. Um, this gets so much worse, but then it ends, funnily. I had the same experience as Sarah, except I woke up with a power drill in my mouth, feeling it going into my skull. I wore braces for four years, too, and now the money line. My mouth is worth $18,000. Well, seems like somebody should be able to quit work. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Anywho. (laughs) Sounds like the the last line of a... uh, Sounds like the last line of a rather uh, rather compelling advertisement one might read somewhere. <laughs> we should take a break. We'll come back after this with Dave Schmicki, ladies and gentlemen. Later on, Lisa Desjardins, Jim Roop, and more, plus today's uh, Pearl Flowers giveaway and today's uh, Undead Apocalypse Question. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't take go anywhere. A look
4: at my enormous penis, <laughs> and my troubles melt away. Fuck.
8: Bow, bow, I take a look at my enormous penis. penis. and everything is going my way. Bow,
4: bow, bow. <laughs>
0: It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503 right, so here's what we need. Here's what I want you all to do for me. Uh, we need a personal trainer to call us. And don't be some jackass. That I'm a personal trainer uh, of, you know, I'm just trying to end that way. I was going to say of. I was trying to think, but like, what would a guy, call, like, you know, like a triumphant, the insult dog would for me to poop on. I was, I, was already, I was already anticipating a whole, like, I'm a personal trainer for boobs or, you know, just something. Don't be that guy. Don't call up and whatever. If you're an actual, like, for this, don't get me wrong. Most of the time you call up and you need to end something with, with boobs, that's totally fine. This is not that time. We need, like, an actual personal trainer, somebody who really knows what they're talking about. And the fact that you have a Bally's membership that you don't ever use that doesn't qualify you, so don't be that guy because we need someone to, to ask about uh, about Richie Bristol because Richie's doing this thing and I, you heard a lot of this yesterday, but basically he's i mean he's eating two thousand calories a day uh-huh but then no lie he's working out like four hours every night yeah. and
5: no, but it's, no, it's five. Five it, it hours. It really is five hours a night.
0: And he's, eat, and he's cut his caloric intake to 2,200 calories. Five hours a night. And then Sarah noted that he's only, like, he's not even eating any actual food, though. It's all, like, weird powders and pills and so forth. Mm. And, you know, and, and not the interesting kind. I think it's just the angry-making kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not... Good. Uh, the magical
5: powdery potions that make <laughs> Richie completely insane. And I'm
0: not saying that, that Richie's taking steroids, nor am I actually implying that. I really am not. But I'm just saying he does demonstrate a lot of short-tempered uh behaviors lately didn't you say
5: that somebody wrote you an email who is um, like well versed on like you know tempers and like nutrition and yes all that kind of stuff
0: i got this one actually this one now this is a guy who says he's a personal trainer i'm not i mean i, I guess i should believe him i'm not saying he's not uh but this is just an email i got yesterday it says um rick about richie i am a personal trainer and you are absolutely correct richie's calorie deficit is much too large for the sake of his overall health Exercising hours a day, as strenuously as he does, probably burns 1,500 calories or more on his own. If Richie is pounding protein shakes in lieu of meals, I doubt very seriously he's even taking in 2,200 calories a day. The safest caloric deficit you can have without negatively impacting your health is... Anybody know? In other words, the greatest difference between calories taken in and calories burned without endangering your health is what? 1,500. Yeah, that sounds good. 1,000, actually. Not even that high. Uh is a 1,000 calories a day, and even that's pushing it. The calories you mentioned burning just for the sake of all bodily functions is a result of your resting, and that's the 1,200. They said, well, you need 1,200 calories a day. And he said, that's just to, like, live. That is just to exist. You need that. The more you exercise, the higher your metabolic rate, the more calories you have to burn to handle the muscle repair. But having a huge deficit, as Richie does, means his metabolic rate slows down because the body's not getting enough fuel. Your body starts to, yes, eat itself. To keep your metabolic rate constant to handle new demands in the body, you lose weight, but your muscle mass deteriorates. You transform from an affable drag queen into a cranky Asian with a bad case of bowling rage. (laughs) As for his insomnia, your body's supposed to be building muscle during sleep with calories stored away. If energy stores are low, your body starts to, yes, eat itself, producing an excess of acidic waste, which can disturb your sleep. There you go. Which I would say makes Ricky, uh, Ricky, makes Richie a, uh, might make him a cranky, uh, a cranky guy that's my only thing cuz he does seem to be uh he does seem to have an anger thon uh, going on quite a lot of mm-hmm. the time that's
5: Eric came in here super defensive this morning with his big calorie book really mm-hmm. cuz he keeps track of how many calories he consumes per day which you know that he's padded yeah, I, yeah, for us to be like, no, 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 I ate that. But, see, yeah. but I,
0: but yesterday he said 2,200 calories. That's the thing. Like he, that was his. When I asked him, I'm like, how many calories are you eating? 2,200 calories. I
5: never day. see him eating anything except for like a big pile of vegetables or um, like a handful of pills.
0: But it's, but even if he was eating 2,200 calories a day, that's not enough to be exercising five hours, uh, you know, every evening and and not be just like, a, yes, eating eating your own body, Richie. Uh, that's just that. I'm mean, just saying. It's the personal trainer saying. Mm-hmm. So will uh, So if you're a personal trainer, call up, uh, and uh, I, we want to know kind of your take on this. So. Well, he just watched Biggest Loser and get a little carried away or something. Well, he's got this. You know, he's a drag queen, so he's got this whole thing about he
5: he's well, suffering body image issues. Oh, well, see, that? I, mean, I hadn't
0: thought about that. That mm-hmm. probably is what it is. I think you're onto something. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, that, that had never occurred to me.
5: Well, especially since, well, he wants to be tough and he wants to be taken seriously, and, um, you know, by other MMA fighters. But at the same time, like, he wants to impress ourselves.
0: This is really is just so weird that we should actually save it for later. But I never really thought about that. So that's the thing. So he is, as you can see by the poster behind you, he is a drag queen. He's a drag performer. Yeah. But then, no lie, he is training to be a mixed martial arts fighter. So... He's got these two disparate parts of his personality. Where on the one hand he needs to lose weight but be in shape because he he wants to be a cage fighter uh, with the with the Team Quest guys, but on the other hand he wants to fit into like a size four dress or whatever the hell size whatever. Um, I did not really so that would actually give him double the body issues. That I that had never really mm-hmm. occurred to me. So maybe the Rachelle uh, part of Richie well, is just is telling him not to eat. Lot.
5: Dude at bowling the other night he was super femmy. Like he was. Ta- I know I don't mean to sound like. Is Rochelle cliche. taking over? Don't mean sound cliche, but I've, uh, you know, I've had myself uh, many a gay boyfriend, and he was talking. Kind of, he's just like, he's like, well, what do you think about this, Sarah? And he was talking like that, and I'm like, Richie, you realize you're you're dressed like Richie, but you're talking like Rochelle, right? And he's like, I'm just more comfortable like this. I like talking like this. Which is fine. I mean, as when I'm
0: not passing? Which judgment, is fine. But also
5: when he's like the hybrid Richie Rochelle like that, that's when he's like extra super bitchy.
0: I mean, because maybe it's that. Maybe uh, here's the thing. Maybe the bitchiness. Uh, maybe that is a byproduct of the internal war of the struggle within, Sarah.
4: Of Richie Rochelle.
0: I'm just saying, maybe it's a, maybe that is a manifestation of the stress caused by uh, by the two parts of Richie's personality mm-hmm. fighting for dominance.
7: Wow, I am so boring.
0: At least you didn't say you were so bored, because that would really mean much more. I know. I heard, heard
7: bored. Like, no. Oh God, sucks. No, okay. Oh, they're, they're bored. I don't, No, no, no. It's just compared to his life, I'm I'm very. Uh, Boring. Dude, that's boring. That you should be glad you have. I mean, really, <laughs>
0: that's it. I mean, if you're thinking
7: you're boring because you're not, uh, would
5: you y- want to be having the inner struggle of man, woman living inside well, of you? no, Dividia.
7: no, no. I, I had my first claustrophobia attack in like 20 years last week, and that was enough for me. Man. Really? Where? How? When did that happen? If I can ask. Well, I, oh, it was uh, actually at a party with my my new friends Pam and Pat, and they're avid. Your new friends. My new friends, right? And we were at, at a big party in the Pack West building, and we we're going from one floor to the other, and the thing was packed to the gill. And it just stopped. And wow. And this is
0: just in that. Because sometimes you're claustrophobic and you think like an elevator or whatever. But this is like actually at, a par, at, a, at a, oh, an sorry. open this, social this space. Was
7: in, this was in the elevator. Oh, in the elevator. Oh, okay. I, dropped the, I buried the lead on that one. Oh, on I'm sorry. I must have missed <laughs> that. So, yeah, so you're in the elevator and just all of a sudden the walls just close in? or no, it's just the thing stops moving. Oh, the elevator stopped moving. Elevator okay. It completely stops. And I found out there was one other person in the elevator who has worse claustrophobia than I do. But, you know, it's, at, it's, at, it's weird. It hadn't hit me for like 20 right, years. Right, right. And it was like, I, oh, my God. And the only thing that got me through it, really, was there was this little, little girl in the elevator. And I was looking at her, and she's fine. He's like, la, 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 la. I'm thinking, okay, if the little girl can make this. The little, if the, the, the kid can make it through.
0: So the kid was, so she wasn't making this noise. <laughs> no, that was me. Okay. Now, is it, and I hate the pride. I don't mean it Look, Sarah and I are crazy. Have we asked you about being uh, OCD? Have we done that? I don't think you've asked me about that. All right. Ooh. We'll do that next. Um, so Sarah and I are hella crazy, and we took a, an ADD test yesterday. Actually, Sarah and Don Taylor took the ADD test that I already that my psychiatrist made me take. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so they took the same test I did, and they're not as crazy as I am, but they're pretty crazy. Like between you and me, so you, this is well covered territory on the show, but. Um, do you know what caused it? Like, do you know why, uh, and not yesterday, but in general, why you have the claustrophobia? Is there uh, an incident? No, not that I can not that I can think of. Uh-uh. Is it a thing, like, if you're having a claustrophobia attack, and I usually haven't had them for a long time, is it a thing where you, uh, does it become even more stressful because you don't want to show any signs outwardly that it's
7: happening? So it's also the stress of having to, like, of having to keep everything under control? Well, yeah, and I think, you know, I'm a control freak, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Is... is I can't control what's happening in my environment. And I think when that happened, for most of us, you know, right. uh, that, that can create some anxiety. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, everybody else in the elevator, well, for the most part, was pretty pretty good. You know, ah, no big deal. Well, that's,
5: the, that's the worst, too, is like when you've had, because I, I don't have claustrophobic attacks, but I've had panic attacks before. Mm-hmm. And that is the worst thing because that is scary because you don't want anybody else to know that, Something's going on with you, and so you try yeah. to like keep your composure and be like, all "Right, I'm not a freak. I'm not a freak. I'm not a freak. You know, like, <laughs> I, nobody can
0: tell that this is happening to me." When we worked next door, and this is—it's the secret shame. Uh, so uh, I used to have uh, panic attacks, and I didn't talk about it at the time on the air because I was—I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know why. I guess. I guess. I, you know. I guess I didn't talk about it at the time because I was so freaked out. I was because I thought that it was—I thought it was going to be a thing. First of all, that would never go away. I thought I would be just be like that forever. As soon as I started getting them, is like I don't know maybe. What year is this, 2009. So about like eight years ago, like 2001 or so, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they, they started kicking in, and I was afraid that I'm like, oh, this is it. I've gone crazy, and I'm just going to be this way forever. So I was afraid to tell anybody, and also I was taking the doctor. Uh, I took some medication for it, and they gave me this stuff called Ativan, uh, which is great, by the way. <laughs> Don't give Adivan that's like God's own drug right there. Um, I made the mistake of taking it once, and only once before I did the show. Because I asked the doctor, I'm like, now I have to talk and be on the, the radio. Can I take this? He's like, no problem. Just take half the no dose. Radio. Here's the thing even half the dose, I was never more boring than I was that. show anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I got very white things going on. Things there. to talk about, but we may or may not even do them. And so I was just, but, but anyway, I was, but I was, you know, the whole thing is just embarrassing. And plus, because, and Sarah and I have discussed it, I think, probably off the air, the other thing about panic attacks. So I've taken your thing and I've made it into a thing where I can talk about myself. Over you always do. The thing about panic attacks and narcissistic disorder <laughs> is that when you have panic attacks, you the worst thing is... I don't mean to bitch about it, but when somebody just wants to dismiss it as like you're nervous, yeah. like oh you're just nervous, everybody that happens to everybody, and it's like you just want to beat that person to death with a I tire lighter. Seriously, oh just come on, you know everybody gets nervous. And people
5: are just like oh no I've had one. It's like no no, no. you haven't. Yeah. You will know yeah. when you've yeah. had one. It's not like being like slightly nervous or you know feeling a little uncomfortable. It's like your body turns against you.
0: Do you remember uh, at next door at Kotk there was the there was the producer there was the the uh, the control room, uh, and then there was the room where I would do the show. And then there was the news tank that, like, Dave Paul did his news in, and Tim did his news in, mm-hmm. that news tank that was like a duplicate of Chucks. Oh, yeah, it's so tiny. So there was a tiny little news But it
5: had a lot of windows in it, though.
0: That's the thing. Okay, but do you remember that there was the control board in that newsroom? And you would face, like, if a studio you'd be doing the news, and then there was a, a, a counter over here to the right where you could pile your news stuff. But then you could walk around, and they had built about a foot of walk-around space behind the boards so the engineers could get back there and fix things if they had to. And so when I would have panic attacks... I don't think I've said this. Whenever I had panic attacks, I would actually go hide back there. Uh, I would actually go in because you couldn't be seen from anywhere. Totally. I, I think, would actually I would
5: go back there, too. Well, I remember Clyde used to, like, secretly eat food back there in that little area.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, of
7: course. whatever wonder if it's something about the, if, if this is a business that kind of attracts people that that have, because I know a lot of people in, in TV and radio who are people who have panic attacks.
5: Well, because I think it's the, our jobs, as fun as they are, like, you have to be on the entire time, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to be. Like, Rick and I can't sit here and be like, ah, no, we don't feel like doing a show today. It's phone like, it in. Exactly. You have, to, like, 20 hours a week where, you know, right. and it, sometimes every once in a while it just kind of gets to you, I guess.
0: I think so. Jay J Moore, uh, who uh, is, uh, you know, is a comic and a comedian, and he was an actor, and he was on last, he did the last comic standing thing. That was his show. And then he was he did the show called Action um, on, on Fox, which is, which is brilliant. And he was, um, he's the guy in Jerry Maguire, the co-worker that turns all weaselly and stabs him in the back as soon as he leaves. Um he wrote this great book called Gasping for Airtime about his time on SNL when he started getting these really crippling panic attacks. And he talked about how one day he was, like, backstage getting ready to go on, like he had a sketch that was going to be on the air, and he got this panic attack that was so bad, he actually ran out the side door and ran all the way home to his apartment and hid. Wow. And, I mean, and I didn't ever do that, but I tell you, I would, there were times I would go behind the control board where no one could see you, and I would turn off the lights and shut the door, and I literally would just sit there and I would, it, I mean, it makes me sound like, a, like an idiot, but I would sit back there, and I would, I'm like I was curled up in the fetal position, but I would sit down on the floor and I would just stay there for like half an hour because I couldn't I couldn't do anything I couldn't function which is weird so um but th- but then again so to bring it back to your thing um it- but then it's like the the stress of not wanting anybody to see it happening right. just becomes. It becomes, then it's like, but then it becomes, it stacks up, you know, then it's like a cyclical thing, panic attack, but then I got to hide it. Oh, but that makes me more panic, but I've oh, got, I'm going to die, you know, yep. and then you just get in your own head about That's
5: it. It's called anticipatory anxiety, by the way. Is oh, it? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> really? Check out the big brain
0: on Sarah.
7: Oh, know.
5: no. <laughs> check
0: out the big crazy on Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
7: have you ever had like a, a, situ- a particular place that can elicit a response? Like for me, northbound I-5, top deck of the Markham. There's there's just one spot on that bridge where it starts to make the curve. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're just looking out into open space. I don't have a real fear of heights, but that but really it triggers it. freaks me out. And then you think, I don't want to go here. I have no choice. I have to drive over it. I can't back just, up. Yeah. I'm just going forward.
10: This <laughs> gets worse. Uh, all
7: right. By the way, you're listening to KCMD, <laughs> no Portland. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. No
5: Dave,
0: we've done a whole thing here where we've done no, no news in this segment.
5: Oh, I love having Dave on because we all, every time you're here, we all figure out a little bit more about each other.
0: It's a it's a learning experience. <laughs>
5: Seriously, you have one of those personalities that it just makes you want to, you know, tell stories to you. You know what you are? You say.
0: You're like one of those bar, those electronic bar games where, like, you click it and eventually it uncovers the naked lady. Like, if you get enough questions <laughs> right, you're the naked lady, and we're uncovering a little bit about you every single time.
7: I think anybody who's seen me would know that they don't want to see the, the naked part come out eventually.
0: Really? This, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be in a mental speedo in front of us. Um, <laughs> okay. so take a break. Back after this, Dave Schmidtkey ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Lena Rommel we'll do today's uh, ProFlowers.com uh, Valentine's Day or not breakup story. Uh, we got the Jim Roop coming up. Uh, today's zombie survival question and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Thank yeah. you. Teenage girls in the kitchen just now. Dave Ritchie <laughs> and I are comparing diet tips. <laughs> not that he needs any of it at all. I do. And I wasn't saying you were a fat guy when I said. That. <laughs> uh, I know. But you're too um, nice to do that. You're no, very no, no, nice. No, man. See, but you're not. that you're a big guy, though. You really. And that no, you're sounds big. Like, a,
5: like if you were thinner, I don't know you look straight.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it no. sounds like a pe- that, it sounds like a line that people say. No, no, no. You're big bone. but I mean, you really. You're but, you're
7: but you're tall and you're like you are you know muscular and whatever. And uh, so, but yeah. Yeah. it's just tough when I'm doing these home improvement stories. Um, you know, hiding the crack is getting more and more difficult every day. Wouldn't you think that they would...
5: Oh, like if you're bending
7: over? crack. Not like traffic stop, hiding (laughs) the crack. Yeah. I'm like, Not like, did you
9: police do your crack dog. before the show,
7: Dave? <laughs> hey, now. That's why all my stories are 30 seconds long.
0: <laughs> well done. Uh, hey, so speaking of that, um, so somebody emailed me the other day, the last time you were on, and they and they said, by, by God, that Dave Schmidtke, he's an amusing fellow. Where can I watch him? Now, you're. can we talk about you're putting a thing together? You're well, working on a yeah, thing?
7: Here's what happened. I worked on this program, called good day at Oregon, home and garden. It was on Channel 12 on Saturday mornings, and it's just a home and garden show, straight do-it-yourself stuff. I try to pick subjects the average person can do in a weekend or an afternoon. And uh show is top rated in its time slot. Nonetheless, the corporate boys in Iowa yanked the plug on it. Weasels. So, Yeah, weasels. I mean, the local folks are great, but, you know,
0: of you know, course, It's always people. the case. With, the thing is, it's never the person in, in your building, in your city, or whatever that makes right. a decision. It's always some guy in a glass office somewhere who doesn't know you, has never seen the show or heard the show, doesn't know anything about you. And like has an Excel spreadsheet being projected on the wall by some other bastard. He's going. Yeah. And we cut right here and here and here and, here,
7: and here, and here, and here, and here,
0: and these areas. Well, what are those areas? Uh, those are local content. We can get rid of all those. Uh, do you have a delete key? Just press that. There you go. Look at that bottom line now. Yeah. You know. So that's. I mean, that's that's who always does it, right?
7: Right. And um, you know, it's a fact. It's just kind of a fact of life in the in the times that we live in. And I understand that. But well, we're what we're thinking of doing we're working a business model to so actually buy the or, or barter the time back from the station produce the show ourselves and sell it ourselves so uh
5: that's what like dennis says right rick
7: yes yes yeah. he does i'm sorry i was I, I did i was distracted by an
0: email that said dave schmicky's tv show and the so they were asking a they had a home improvement question
5: <laughs> oh yes, that's totally doable so what do you yeah. need you just need to raise money
7: well you yeah, get sponsors you know and um and basically just you know cuz any show like this it's just the way it works these days is you you it is a sellable product you know it's a commodity a product. exactly yes. thank you and okay. um so this you know we sell advertising and and uh, the segments are also a part of that and uh and hopefully make enough money to uh buy two sticks to rub together
0: all right then uh so if uh, now do you have uh, uh, like if somebody wants to get in touch with you or your contact or the Somebody others, like, if somebody out there just won the Powerball and they say, by God, I'm going to buy shares in
7: Schmidtkey <laughs> Well, they're my new best friend, and they can get a hold of me at uh, dschmitke at comcast.net. There you go. And that's S-C-H-M-I-T-K-E. Please don't leave out the M. And uh, we will uh, put that uh, online on the uh, okay. website. We'll yeah, we need
5: there. to get, like, a like pictures and contact information. And- for all the people, so that they can see yeah. who all of our, like what all of our wonderful guests look like.
0: I was just thinking, like somebody emailed me the other day, and they're like, "Can we get a master list of the kind of some of the folks that have been on the show recently?" And uh, so I will, I will actually. I'm going
5: to put your info on my
0: website. And here okay. little, and here's the thing. I hope I get. Well, if I announce it now, it has to happen. So Joni uh, Derosie, uh, you know who does my website, uh, RickEmerson.com. She's working on a redesign, and we're going to unveil uh, a revamp of the website. So is she
5: writing my biography, or is that still coming soon after seven years? Shut up!
0: Is it Do you know how
5: selfish Rick is? You, it's you it's don't, a, have, a, you you don't have a bio on soon. No. Hold on. I have worked with Rick for almost seven years. Really? Do you know what it says? His is just this huge, long, detailed description of what he's done for the past years. It says, And you Click on it. Coming soon. Hold
0: on. I'm looking. <laughs> RickHerson.com.
7: <conversation. laughs> it should have been worked. Staff oh. bios. Coming soon. Jesus. Wow. Now, you guys work really Staff closely bios. together. Do you ever have days where you just, somebody pisses somebody oh, off? Yeah. Oh, no.
5: <laughs> I mean, No. <laughs> That didn't happen last Friday. Only
7: days ending in Y.
0: (laughs) No, I
5: think for the amount of time we spend together, I think that we do very well not fighting. What happened last Friday? Remember, you, you, I said something that you thought was snippy. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: that's. And then thing I, you said. and then
5: I thought that you were being rude. And then we, no, And I, then I had to leave the room for two minutes, and then we came back in, like, okay, that's fine. We're both too sensitive.
0: I was being kind of, I was being, I was being a little, uh, a little jerky on Friday, and, and Sarah sort of called me on it, mm-hmm. but in a way that I thought it was a little too brusque. <laughs> she wasn't very subtle about it. She's like, hey, I'm doing a show over here. Do you want to help? And I was like, um, fine, jerk, you know.
7: And the, <laughs> so, and then that usually
5: happens like once every like six months.
7: Yes, yes. Yeah, you can't afford to stay mad each other though Mm-mm. can't do that no work no, uh,
5: isn't just my co-worker he's also
0: my friend yes sir F- Yes, that's also true. Plus, uh, plus uh, my livelihood and success is tied directly to Sarah, so I have to be nice to her. Um, but it happened the, the There's that's no fun often. for anybody
4: to
5: listen to if we're pissed at each other.
0: And the thing we've learned is, like, you just have to sort of, like... Yeah, you yes. have to just... You have to run... It's like Nietzsche says. You must embrace your fears. You have to run right right toward it. So, uh, but we've, you know... But, it's all, but here's the... If we can just continue our stupid on-air shrink session. <laughs> yes. um, How annoying well, are we? How does it make you feel? Well, and the other thing is that Sarah and I have learned... Maybe it's maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a one-way street. Is that it? Here's the thing about Sarah. I say acting as though she's not here. <laughs> is that Sarah and I every so often will have kind of a kind of a dust up. And it really doesn't happen that often because I think we've just you know it's just like getting There's to trust other people. It's
5: never about super important. It's just like someone says the wrong thing and someone's in the wrong mood to hear it. Exa-
0: and see, that's totally what it is. It's a thing that normally wouldn't bother anybody, but I'm in I'm in the wrong mood and Sarah says something that normally we'd find fine. be like you know and I'll just blow up about it. But and then I always apologize and I know that it, and then it's always like the apology makes Sarah uncomfortable as well because I <laughs> over apologize I apologize like nine hundred times.
5: And then he'll call me like later on that night and he'll be like, Hey Sarah it's Rick. Uh, I just want to say I'm sorry again. And I'm texting <laughs> and then I'll sorry.
0: Yeah. I'm also sending this via email, by the way, and carrier your pigeon, I'm sorry about today. And so like I overdo
7: it. And anyway. standing outside her window with a mariachi band. Totally.
0: <laughs> Wait, why did we even oh anyway, so the bio page says Sarah coming soon. Sorry about that. You're still a valuable member. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Sarah Dillon <laughs> brand is very important. Uh, anyway, so Joni is redoing the whole website, and I've seen some mock-ups of it, and it's going to be pretty cool. And do you want to write a bio, or should I?
5: No, I'm, th- your punishment should be you have to write a But print. see,
0: if I write it, then it's just going to be like, uh, see, but that's just filled with landmines. That's like asking me to
7: guess, like, guess how old I am. I mean, if I have to write <laughs> well, somebody's you, bio. Why don't you
5: write it? And we'll read it on the air and see what the listeners think. That's great.
7: That's wonderful. It's okay. like the old, does my butt look big in these pants? Why don't kind
5: of we make
0: thing. it a wiki entry so the whole audience can write it, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Sarah, that's really cool. Uh, so, I'm yeah, so that'll be up now there. All you so really
5: have to do is copy and paste my Wikipedia Page.
0: Done and done. There you go. Fantastic. Control easy. C, control V, the end. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. So there you go. So that's it. But, but when we do that, uh, I will put up a page that has your contacts from the, you know, the, like, you know, Don Taylor and the people who have been sort of asking about, you know, the, the, the folks who have come in and done the, uh, done the news with us. Um, okay. I don't even know who some of these calls are. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show.
10: Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Hey, I was just, I was able to listen to the beginning part of the show and yeah. then I had to go to the
7: thing. I, have you guys done the video rodeo yet?
0: No, we have not.
7: Ooh. Well, well I, will, I will tell you
10: this, that when Richie uh, watched the two girls' one cup thing, yeah. it might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Of. I it's don't Bruce
0: even remember Adler.
10: that. Oh, Bruce was in the background going, like, oh, this isn't that bad.
7: I've seen way worse than this. And I'm thinking, what is worse than you know, Bruce has seen? But... I
0: forgot about that, that Bruce Adler, yeah. our uh, program director emeritus, uh, was in the studio that day. And yeah. he watched it. No, that's not so
10: bad. Yeah, and Richie was like almost to the point of vomiting. It was just, it was hysterical. So but then that
0: chick that... came in and took it with no problem. You remember that? There was like that girl who came in and watched the two girls, one cop, and.
10: Oh yeah. But
0: then it was, but it was dudes, it was guys who couldn't handle it. They got yeah, really weirded out.
10: I lasted about three cycles on that. So all right, man, well keep listening.
0: All right, thank you, sir. All right, No, you we'll deal. we'll do that. Uh, in fact, we should do that sometime before the end of this hour. We should do the video. And
5: already. I think Dave has. I think they could probably do it too.
0: Video rodeo, Dave, is where uh, we, <laughs> now,
7: we at home. You can you just picture a little puzzlement on my face.
5: It's where we
0: find a video online that is off-putting in some way, usually uh-huh. horrifying.
5: Um, think for example, two girls, one cup.
7: You know what that is? Two girls doing. No, I don't. I'm old, man.
0: Oh, it's just got more genius. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like we found a Picasso behind the couch. <laughs> okay, but uh, here's the thing: I don't even think it's pride. available online. Like that website is gone. I won't find it. I will... You know that I can find it. I love the idea that for the first time in six months, that's going to be a search term on the IT logs here. Though, uh, well done.
5: Okay, so we'll have Richie watch the new one, and then and have then Dave
0: watch. Dave will watch Two Girls One Cup, which is, you know, that's like the it's like the worst story face-off. Like that's the gold standard right now. The two girls, really? Yeah. Okay, it was a whole thing. Um, it was a it was a it was an internet meme, as they say. It was an huh. internet. It was a it, it was a, a how long ago? Blah, about a yeah, year. Yeah, maybe a year. Year and a half it's ago. It's been
5: on Saturday Night Live. I mean. Hmm. It's been talked about on, like, Weekend Update.
0: It was an online phenomenon, really. It was a... And uh, what wow. is it? Was, it uh, what, what... Uh... Uh, there's, really, it's better if you just watch. Okay. I like, well, that's I like to watch. I'm not going to... Okay. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself that. Hi, <laughs> huh? you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
10: Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, this is Stephen the Coup again. Hello, sir. Uh, I just wanted to remind you that I'm still wearing AM 970 shirts when uh, I'm doing my public karaoke thing.
0: Oh, this is the guy who called... Uh you called uh I don't know, like last, last week, week or something about yeah, about you, you were running a karaoke thing and you're uh you're wearing the, the station shirt. Yep,
10: yep, Excellent. yep. Excellent. All right, cool. thank you my and friend. I would also love to have a chance to come down and watch something disgusting that you think will uh disgust me, but probably won't.
0: Well you're in Vancouver, right? Yeah. That's a bit of a hike.
10: <laughs> I, I don't have a know.
0: car. Oh well, okay, who can argue with that? All right, well we'll uh we'll consider it. We're gonna we're gonna wait and see what Richie's reaction to it is. All
10: right, and uh, then we'll move I on. I should I should still be one of the glorious bastards.
0: I don't understand what we're talking about now.
10: Uh, no, I'm just telling you that I should still be one of the glorious bastards. I well,
0: know where you that. are. Well, you, okay, excellent. All right, well, we have your contact info then, sir.
10: We love you, and we're advertising you. God bless you. Thank Dave. you, my friend. All right, there you go. There's that guy.
0: Uh, one more, then we'll continue some news here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up?
10: Hey, I was listening earlier and then had to go uh, earn some money and came back, yes, sir. and Dave's on there, and I, it all of a sudden dawned on me who Dave was. That's Dave as in Helen, right? Right. Yeah, okay, okay. Big (laughs) fan of yours. Oh, thanks.
7: Thanks, man. Appreciate
10: it. Hey, and I got one more thing for Rick. Yes, sir. Uh, You made a comment the other day, I guess it was Monday, about Danica Patrick. Yes. I sent you a message. Ask uh, Dennis Pittenbarger his opinion of Danica Patrick.
0: (sighs) Is it one of those opinions that's going to be really loud and it's going to be like a... (sighs) Yeah, When it comes out,
10: Dennis is never loud. Um, um, just, just tell Dennis it was Bob, the vehicle inspector, and he'll, uh, you know, get a good kick out of it. All
0: right. Okay. Well, well, I'll be sure to. I'll make sure to ask Dennis about Danica Patrick.
10: Yeah, do so. All right. All right thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Ah, right. Bye. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Once again, at the news desk, Dave Schmidtke, ladies and gentlemen.
7: Well, it's going to take you to Florida here for this interesting little story. A Florida man splashed a cup of urine in his girlfriend's face, pelted her with a half a dozen eggs, and threatened to set her There's on fire. fire.
0: happening at once. Where? I thought <laughs> that my stories were bad. Where did this happen? <laughs> Why, we were... <laughs> oh, damn it. He didn't, didn't even say it. say it. Sorry. Where did it happen?
6: Where
7: did this happen? Florida.
6: Ah, oh, I missed That's it funny. that
7: time. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dave. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, James Farrell, 49, uh, squirted charcoal lighter fluid all over the woman, and then held burning paper near her skin. Uh, apparently, um, I don't know what set the guy off, but uh, Manatee County Sheriff spokesman said Farrell became combative because he was upset about a phone call that his then girlfriend uh, received. Does it say anything else about the, like what kind of a call? You can't say it was about a phone call. That's
0: all it says. Like, that would be like, because this is what, eggs and urine and fire?
7: Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, urine, eggs and lighter fluid, and then a bunch of water. A little counterintuitive With a chaser, as as the like a water back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh,
0: yeah.
7: hey honey, honey, can honey. I get
0: some fire and eggs and a water back over here? <laughs> Thanks.
7: Probably a little thirsty here. That'd be water. great. A chaser.
0: Um, the but then but that would be like saying da 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 da. Eggs, urine, water, and then because of a thing. I mean, because yeah. of a phone call. Like, what does that even mean?
5: No details on the phone call? I well, demand
0: more
7: details. Well, this story is, uh, is totally useless without more details. Yeah, I know. It is kind of a, right. a sketchy report. All right. <laughs> well, in any event, all maybe, right. Maybe we should go to... Uh, <gasps> yes. Dave yes. Schmidty, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. What we'll is it, that. Dave Schmidty? <laughs> Geek Watch. Geek Watch. Watch.
2: Well, His high-speed modem is intolerably
1: slow. In the Queen, <laughs> Sergeant Lemon, I remember you
2: used to a television show. That's all, okay?
1: <laughs> right, but because we were wondering, if the quantum flux is just on there, there is no quantum flux, there's
0: no auxiliary, there's no goddamn shit. Yeah. You
4: got it Energized.
0: Ladies and gentlemen here is and then I've got something to follow it up with. Uh, here's Dave Schmitke with your geek watch:
7: A man wielding a Star Trek Klingon type sword robbed two Colorado Springs convenience stores early yesterday morning. I believe that sword would be called a batleth. Is that really what it's called?
0: Yeah, uh, it's like a B, and then there's like a weird apostrophe somewhere in the middle, maybe, and then it's a, uh, it's a thing. It's a, but it's like it's a weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's
5: like a double sword, isn't
0: it? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's Darth Maul in in uh, in Star Wars. No, the battle. left is huge. Well, it's shaped kind of like a like a, a U, and no, that's mm-hmm. not even a U though. It's like a crescent it's like shaped a sword. Semicolon, you know. That's exact. No, no, that's totally what it is. No, you're right. Yeah. No, it, it, that's exact. Like or like a parenthesis. It is shaped like a like yeah. a parenthetical mark. But then it's got handles on it. I think Diane downtown owns one actually, um, probably hangs above her her wedding
7: bed. Uh, the uh, but oh, it
5: looks like a slicer thing. Totally. Yeah. 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 Okay.
7: Very very wicked looking. I mean, you know, you, you could kill a guy with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, witnesses told police a man wearing a black mask, black jacket, and blue jeans entered the store carrying a sword. The, I wouldn't even call it a sword, really. It doesn't really look like a sword to me. Uh, the armed robber took an undisclosed amount of cash. It's always undisclosed. Uh, and then fled on foot uh, from both stores.
0: Is uh, the right. undisclosed amount of cash because the bank doesn't want to acknowledge how much you could get if you robbed it? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Yeah. I think they should have to disclose the amount of cash because there's people who put their money in that bank. Right. I right. mean, there's people who put their money in that bank expecting it to be kept safe. And if you're I mean, taking
7: bailout money, by God.
0: Seriously. I mean, if like the robber gets away with five bucks, then I know, okay, hey, that's a bank where you can keep your money because you're not going to get much. If the guy got away with like a half a million dollars, I want to know that as a customer of the bank. They should have to disclose that.
7: Yeah, they don't. They're real, they're hmm, real picky about, bastards. about that. Bastards. Yeah. Okay. But he, but Okay, but he robbed it with a Klingon sword. And you are right. I, as I read further, it, uh, officers searched the area but didn't find the robber or the weapon, which is described as a... Bat-la. Laugh. bat laugh Excellent. bat laugh By the way,
0: just speaking of Star Trek, so I got, um, I didn't know we were going to do a geek watch, but it's perfect because I got this. Sorry. uh, This was sent to us by our good friend um, Siegfried, who is the maker of all great things. He says, Rick, by the way, this is CBS be responsible for this because we're always looking to monetize new revenue streams and to look for ancillary revenue growth here in the tertiary uh, portions of our economic something. Oh, and then we'll get Lisa DeJar now. Uh, Rick, I was perusing the interwebs and I found this. Did you know that CBS Marketing is creating... By the way, this is uh, CBS, uh, the network that employs us. And uh, by the way, I'm for anything that makes CBS money at this point. I don't care. I mean, really, it doesn't matter. Uh, CBS could just have a new show called, like, we're selling crack to your children. And <laughs> I wouldn't. it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Just whatever's bringing in dollars. So we got this. CBS is marketing and creating licenses for... Star Trek perfume. Oh. Yes. Oh, A trio of I want fragrances. I like What? Well, that sounds like something else. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
4: Huh. Hmm.
0: <laughs> let's talk to Lisa Desjardins hey. in the middle of this, and then I'll do this on the other side. So, ladies and gentlemen, from the hill, let's... Welcome now to the Rick Everson Show. scene our radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Well, hello. How are you today?
6: I am doing great, and all of you.
0: Oh, we're fine. Yeah, well, we're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, so and uh, whatnot. Hey, how about those? Uh, how about all those guys that aren't paying taxes uh, lately? So there's now we had you and I talked about this yesterday, but there now is now there now is now there is now three people. Right. Uh, there was Tom Daschle. There's uh, Tim Geithner. And there is, and I I apologize, I'm forgetting her name. What is the name of the woman?
6: Nancy Killifer.
0: And wasn't it, they were given this really weird description of what her job was going to be. And it was something like, it was something like official government efficiency controller or something. Like her job (laughs) was going to be to make sure the entire government ran well.
6: Right. She was was supposed to cut cut waste out of government more than anything else. So, get go- you know, get gov- whip government in shape.
0: By the way, apparently yeah. some of the waste includes $1,000 in taxes that she herself owed. She decided to start with, you know, change begins at home. So you think yeah. governmentally, act within your house by not paying $1,000 in taxes.
6: Yeah. And, you know, what's really interesting about this is that there are a lot of ways to split it. But I think that you, President Obama... Still has such high numbers and such support across the country that I think people are really mad about these guys not paying their taxes, but I think they're taking it out on Congress. And, you know, I called around yesterday to see uh, what the phone lines are like, who's getting calls, and it, the phone lines have been completely swamped. Now, part of that is from the stimulus bill, but part of it is from all of these folks that are mad about officials, you know, th- who they think are getting away with, uh, you know, tax cheats.
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, it's like, uh, look, I mean, nobody wants to pay taxes. Nobody wants to be giving more money to the man. But on the other hand, I think I actually t- can't take credit for this next comment. This is uh, uh, Tom Likas who does our afternoon show here We was talking about this yesterday. And he so, said, you know, you like you can't have cops, uh, you know, that are breaking the law and you can't have the guy uh, running the, you know, running the Treasury Department who's not paying taxes. I mean, it just doesn't work. You can't do that, especially if, and this is now me, especially if you're going to be Barack Obama and you're running on the platform with, like, it's changed and it's a new day and there's greater right, transparency. Right. Open up, right. Yeah, I mean, and it's like there is impropriety and then there's also just the appearance of impropriety. Right. And you got to be really careful with that stuff, especially because, you know, they say, well, Caesar's wife must be beyond uh, reproach. And if you're going to be asking people, uh, to, to fork over a bunch of their money, you got to know that the guy who's asking you to do it is also willing to, you know, to make sure that everything is done right. properly. And I also don't believe that in a country of 280 million people, that the only guy we can find who's qualified for the job is so qualified that we're going to overlook 40 grand in taxes he didn't pay.
6: Right. And it's interesting that of all three of these, you, you know, I mean, the most the most glaring problem is with a Treasury Secretary who runs the IRS, right? Tax frauds, and he is the guy that got in. Again, my theory just because he was the first guy to go, and everyone is all stressed out about the economy. But I think that you are really seeing voter anger. And I've told you all before, my phone number appear one number away from three other senators, and right. I keep getting calls. People are, they, they won't stop calling. It just, it, mad about this. it
0: smells bad. I mean, that's the thing, and...
6: How, I mean, will it affect, how will it affect President Obama? And, and I, I'm not sure that it has yet, but I think I think it, it kind of affects people's perception of Washington in well, general. Well, and this
0: is not the thing that Obama should be uh, – something else – again, another thing I have to give credit to Tom Likas for. He was making this point that, you know, you got political capital, which is basically goodwill that you, uh, that you have built up with the voters, you know, with constituents, with people in Congress. Your political capital has got to be spent on something that is really important. Like if you're going to do health care, you know, or you're going to reverse don't ask, don't tell, or something, you know, you're going to do some massive overhaul of the education system or immigration, that's where you spend your political capital. You know, waste it because you want to give some guy a job that he clearly shouldn't have because no matter how qualified he is, uh, you know, it's not going to wash with the IRS, you know, that I didn't pay my taxes because some guy told me I didn't have to. I mean, I'm still going to be on the hook for that. And, you know, anyway, so I don't mean to put you on the receiving no, end of a no. rant about it. It's just, it just smells bad.
6: No, I think it drives people bananas. And I think that it is going to have some very real effects also on, say, the stimulus bill. I think all of this stuff, all of this frustration, this idea that the rich and powerful get a different deal than everyone else, it's been building up for a long time. And now it's, it's like a hair trigger on this tax issue and on this particular stimulus bill. And people are just going gonzo because they have been kind of biting their lip for months And now they're just like.
0: And by the, were they were doing what again? What was that?
6: I I don't know if I could do it again. No, no, no. What was it? (laughs) (laughs) No, that was that was more. I was getting a little more, a little more. Fat Albert, yeah. All right. um,
0: Are you sure? It it might have been more of a this.
6: Yeah, I, I think that's right. Okay. That's what did I, you hear that? Going for. I did hear it. Yeah. Hey, good check, Sarah. All right. <laughs>
0: um, and note how I, by the way, i am still predisposed to just believe everything you say uh, without checking. You know, did you hear it? Sure. Good enough for me. <laughs> but it, it just, it's just weird. And by the way, this is the second thing. You know, I was—I made that joke right after the election, you know, sort of my trademark, uh, my trademark bleak humor, where I was saying that, you know, there ought to be a drinking game now, you know, every time that Barack Obama breaks one of his promises or disappoints the people who worked for him, you know, to, to get him elected. Um, you know, because on the one hand you got this Geithner guy who's not paying his taxes, and of all of the three of them, Geithner's the one guy who's going to get the gig, even though he had the him. biggest tax problem, and he's the guy who's going to be running, you know, the Treasury Probably Department. Not
6: biggest in terms of money, but yeah, he's got—I mean, his his is the most glaring. He was I- egregious. Right, exactly. and you're not paying your income tax. And the
0: Obama folks were aware of that before, like they were aware of it before the public was aware of it. They knew about it. And uh, so you got that, and then you got the fact that he was like, and nobody who is a lobbyist will be able to work in my administration except for this guy over here who worked for Raytheon. But really, right. honestly, nobody and him. But just like and him and this right, paddle ball and this ashtray. Paddle
6: ball, right? Exactly.
0: I mean, this,
6: meanwhile, you know, President Obama is trying to get ahead of this, and today announced that. Any companies that take bailout money, any banks that get bailout money from this point forward, their salaries will be capped at half a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good money, but for you know that that's actually a big deal for these guys who are making two, three, ten million dollars a year to have. They are now going to have their salaries capped at 500 Gs they can also get stock, but they can't cash in that stock until taxpayers have all been repaid.
0: Which is fine. I mean, and, that's, and, I, and I don't mean to, to be dismissive about that. I mean, that and the executive order about, hey, we're not going to torture people and we're going to, you know, suspend all these trials at Guantanamo Bay until we figure out if it's legal or not and you know, we're going to close the joint and all that. I mean, that, that's great. I don't mean to just sort of wave that away. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's like, is yes, it so hard? just to like follow the rules that you yourself said you were going to follow and to, and to make uh, people who are going to well, work do in you the remember administration. With, you with,
6: know, Dashiell, with Dashiell, he Dashiell didn't tell the Obama administration about these problems until, until late in his nomination process.
0: Did you, so now, he, until
6: he was nominated.
0: Did you say this yesterday, actually, there isn't that there is like a form they have to fill out where it's like... There's
6: a massive form. And just, he, so did
0: he lie on his form?
6: He didn't disclose this, and he would say it's not a lie because at the time... Dashell would say he didn't know that this was a mistake. That he was kind of he had just kind of asked his accountant, you know, is this a problem? And he hadn't heard back, so he didn't say anything because he wasn't sure. You know, and and the truth of it is it if he had never asked his accountant, if he had never brought this up. It's very possible he would be health secretary today, and none of us would be talking about this but but he is the one who brought this up. He is the one who brought it to light uh, you know and maybe it would come to light anyway people people around town who knew that he had a driver uh, he, possibly but but he's the one that that kind of got the ball rolling on you
0: on, know my, my, my thing about about the, the Geithner thing is because he was sort of the, you know he was the first blow up on this whole deal right that I'm not That's saying all
6: the capital is spent.
0: Well, right? and, and I'm not saying that, look, if you're going to be in office, you've got to be perfect. Nobody's saying that. Uh, you know, we've had, obviously, a little kerfuffle here with our mayor, Sam Adams. And there's a whole, you know, little sh- bit. Po- should politicians be held to a higher standard or whatever. But so I'm not saying they should. But I'm saying I, it wasn't me that said they would. It was Barack Obama that said that they were going to be held to a different standard and a higher standard. And so from that vantage point where Obama himself is like, look. You know, this is going to be different, and people are going to be held to account, and we're all, you know, people are going to be held to a different standard of behavior because that is what people should expect in their leaders. So he says that, that the instant the Geithner thing happened, Obama should have just marched him out on the lawn and ripped off his stripes and broken his sword and said, "You're out!" Like that is it. If a, because it's symbolic, it makes a point to the people, and then it serves as a as a warning to the others. Like, look, if you're going to come work for me, you, you got to be clean. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. See, I, I think mean, the
6: this. Obama really. Thought convinced themselves, most of them, that this was an honest mistake and that they didn't think it'd be a big problem. Which, honestly, that thinking is a rookie mistake on, on their behalf. That you know, tax problems are some of the you know, tax problems bring everybody down. I mean, it brings Al Capone everybody. Tax problems, you gotta, you can't touch that stuff. It's By the way,
0: I like the, com- the how you work the Al Capone uh, Al Capone comparison to Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> uh, well done, and that actually brings me back to you'd think coming from Illinois politics that Obama right. would know yeah. better because, you know, there's some things that are a little shady that happen in that state sometimes. Let's talk about our good friend Rod Blagojevich. Yes. Did you see him on either uh, – well, he was on Larry King and then he was on Letterman.
6: You know, I tried to watch – I watched the Larry King for just a couple of minutes and it was like I, I – even, even my own fascination with Rod Blagojevich, I just couldn't – I just – I couldn't stomach it for some reason. I just kind of was like, Ugh. It's cause it's cause he's,
0: uh. It's because he's – he's creepy and
3: off-putting.
6: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I've kind of – I feel like maybe – I'm maybe a jilted news person, but I feel like the story has moved on. I just – what else are you going to tell me, Mr. Blagojevich, huh? What Did you, you
0: see the photo that we were You that we talked about this? Did you see the photo of him signing mm-hmm. the wo- the woman's bosoms?
6: Yes. That's I mean – incredible. That
0: really is American politics right there. But,
6: so how how were these appearances?
0: Uh, you know, the thing about it is, here's, I mean, Leno you know, Letterman does this thing of, you know, Letterman gives a pretty hard interview when he wants to. He can really kind of stick uh, it to you because uh, yeah, yeah. as opposed to like Leno, who's a hack and a joke machine. People and, don't know
6: how to react because they feel it. They thought it was going to be funny and they, it, yeah.
0: Well, you can always say that Letterman is not a comedian. Leno is a comedian. Letterman is a broadcaster. And there is a difference. And I know that sounds like a navel-gazing distinction, but it's not. Anybody, especially people who work in broadcasting, know the difference between a comedian and a talk show host and a broadcaster. And Letterman knows when to bring the sincerity to the fore and when to really ask questions that people at home want you to ask. And, you know, he was kind of trying to nail the guy and just being weaselly and, you know, why are you out here just uh, doing this dance in front of the cameras as opposed to, you know, like showing up at your hearing or whatever. My only thing about Blagojevich, who obviously, again, is just a weasel. I mean, he just obviously he's just a weasel and he's smarmy and he's snarky and he just is very sort of oily and off-putting. Um, my thing about him is it does seem they were making this. Uh, I think they. I think it, uh, Rob Spiewak made this point of the Michael Mara show. It does seem, though, like they did run that guy out of office almost immediately. Like, way faster than it seems like you would have... Uh, it's like a, like a trial of somebody who's an axe murderer. Like, they take a long time to really look at everything. Know, this guy wasn't even that. It wasn't even any hard evidence of anything. And he immediately he was, like, tarred and feathered and kicked out. As, right. As though they were afraid that he was going to, like, roll over on somebody else.
6: Right. It was, it was, it was instant. And they even had uh, the senators standing up one by one, unanimous, out, out, out. You know, he, you're right. They, and they didn't really... All they had was the transcripts and a few minutes of tape... And and even that wasn't completely conclusive. The transcripts are very damaging, but you know they didn't have the tape. So it was yeah. But but in their defense, his defense, Rod Blagojevich's defense was one of one of the most uh, entertaining pieces of um, legal or political response I've seen in a long time. It was just rambling. All of a sudden, he's talking about Elizabeth Taylor. And how he had to bring coffee to John Warner, and you know. But then he's defending himself again. It was
0: yeah, the great thing about him is is he but, just seems.
6: But it's a terrible defense. But, yeah. but like as
0: corrupt as he is, he just doesn't seem like a bad guy. That's my read on him. Like he's.
6: He, it, you know, it. You know, it's impossible to tell. I think that's right. I think he is very good at portraying. Hey, I'm one of you guys. Right. You know, I'm just one of you guys, and and in a in a in a kind of likable way. But but it also you get the feeling that. That's not really you. Like that's, you're just good at playing that. But but who knows? We don't know.
0: I mean, he does seem... Somebody said one time that um, uh, that there's this whole generation of stockbrokers, and the stockbrokers' problem was they didn't want to be stockbrokers. They all wanted to be the guys they saw in the movie Wall Street. And I've heard that said about salespeople, too. They'll say, well, the problem with that guy is he's not. he doesn't want to be a sales guy. He wants to be one of those guys from Glengarry Glen Ross. And you, maybe that's the Blagojevich thing, right? That he didn't want to be a politician. He, like, wanted to be one of those guys from, like, the Untouchables or, you know, somebody. He wanted to be, he's replicating a sort of, He's he is at like a Xerox of a Xerox. He's replicating some media depiction of what a sort of player, plugged in, really wired politician ought to be. You know, a guy who kind of knows all the ins and outs and has all the back doors covered. And But he doesn't, but he's not really, like, bright enough to make it actually work. Yeah. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I have
6: nothing else to say.
0: Okay. On that note, um, are you on the morrow?
6: <laughs> I am.
0: All right. We will talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of your day, Lisa. Desha okay. Then. You too. All right. Fantastic. Bye. There you go. I think at the end, I just sort of exhausted everything. Let me finish this Star Trek thing. We'll close the Geek Watch. We'll break. Still to come, a personal trainer is going to talk to us about the Richie slash Rochelle slash eating slash not slash hold my hair while I vomit slash whatever. Uh, to close out the Geek Watch, CBS Marketing, creating licenses for Star Trek perfumes. Genkiware LLC.
4: Genkiware?
0: Genkiware.
5: Genki. Huh.
0: Is developing a trio of fragrances celebrating classic Star Trek. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. This is from the official Star Trek website. The scents are. If I was a hack morning show, there would be just so much here. What would you call a Star Trek scent? And then people call me and go, I call it a, a basement. And then everybody laughs, you know, and 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 then I honk a horn. Uh, this, the 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 scents are Tiberius, huh? Uh, I believe this is Panfar, which is apparently that uh, some villain or something. I'm not much of a Trek guy, and I swear to God, this is the one I'm going to buy. I'm telling you, CBS, I will buy this from you.
7: The third Star Trek perfume scent, Red Shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the the Panfar that I'm I'm and I'm not much of a of a Trek guy either, but I actually know that that's that. Phase that Spock would go in when he was when he would mate every once every seven years. That seems like an oddly specific thing to know if you're not much of a Trek guy. <laughs> I know, isn't that strange? I mean, I, I watched the show a little bit, but mm-hmm. I just must must have watched that episode. Sure. It stuck with me that you know.
5: Do you like to watch the sexy episode? <laughs> just the parts about the sexy, Vulcan
7: mating
0: cycle. Sexy Spock episode. If it's not about the Spock's genitals, I don't I don't yeah, plan to yeah, watch it. Will you look and all. see what the description on the screen is? Because otherwise I got things to do. <laughs> by the way, Siegfried signs just by saying, Hey, uh, can this can this be the jumping off point for a whole lot of spinoff colognes? For example, B. Arthur's Maud Cologne from My Ambiguous Aunt for Christmas. <laughs> How about the ability to Believe me, this isn't the worst thing he suggests. Siegfried says, how about one that just smells like Bob Crane's hand? Oh. Wow. Jeez. That's so bad. And finally, if it's a movie, I want to smell like Frederica Bimmel. It would just be called In the Basket. There's your Geek Watch back after this.
3: I grabbed our hammer by the Sons of War Van. I shall avenge you. Next.
1: Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix.
0: why hello it's the rick emerson radio program it's 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 here's what's coming up ladies and gentlemen uh, before the end of today's program we'll do today's undead uh, survival question today's question is this please don't call about this now don't call don't email not now you gotta wait i'll do this next hour sometime uh today's undead survival question if not by Mart, if not Costco, then where in Portland will you be hiding when the zombie apocalypse comes? Where in Portland will you be hiding when the undead rise? Uh, that's coming up later on. Uh, That is uh, part and parcel of promoting CBS Radio Theater, which returns this Sunday at 6 p.m. right before Musicology. It is two back-to-back live serialized radio dramas uh, right here in the studio. Everything done uh, live. Acting, uh, sound effects, everything done here in the studio live. One of them is Kimmy Waters and the song Birds of Sing Sing, a detective noir thriller set in Portland. The other, of course, AZ set in modern-day Portland uh, after the zombie apocalypse. So anyway, uh, today's undead survival question next hour
5: and we haven't asked Dave what um his take on it is either so no
0: to... no we haven't uh, but real quickly uh you asked me who this was on, on on the phone and I don't know Richie have we is the screening kind of not working there were some issues today I can't see whoever this is on the it, it still says somebody about Christian Bale and it says like 11 15 a.m. so I'm guessing that's probably not accurate
5: and then after you're done with that Richie could you grab
7: and a little thing, what was course. that, by the way? Enchiladas. Like <gasps> little... Oh.
5: Mm-hmm. And I have, like, my little thing of sour
7: cream. Because <laughs> it looked like two little logs under plastic. I mean, <laughs> it was just very...
5: That's up there until microwavy goodness. Not hey, okay. Richie, do
0: I need to restart my call screening software? <laughs> I'm not seeing. It's just still, it just says Christian Bale. <laughs> that's way old. All right, well...
2: Yeah, I just scribbled a whole bunch of stuff up there.
0: And all right. We, so well, have you well,
5: heard from Adrian?
0: Uh, okay, well, okay. in the meantime, what do I need to do here? Do I need to close this and restart it? Maybe I do. Okay.
2: Let's both do it.
0: Okay, all right, there you go. That's uh, Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Will you grab Sarah's enchiladas? (laughs)
5: That sounds wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, No, she really needs somebody to grab her enchiladas, Richie. Oh, for the <laughs> love of God! He's talking about calories. And, and I want to
5: strangle him sometimes. And
0: he's doing that third person thing a lot yeah. lately. I mean, oh, I, that's, that's not good.
5: I that's do it to be, be sort of kooky, but he's well,
7: not doing it. He was kooky.
5: in a mental institution oh,
7: at a point. He geez. was in a booby <laughs> hatch for three weeks. And, and these are the three people that work in radio. Talking <laughs> ass. Hello, hi. You're on the
0: Rick Emerson show. Hi. Hi.
12: It's Adrian. How are you? Oh, hi, Adrian. It hey, is it is you. Her. That's okay, so this.
0: great. I could have sworn like 30 seconds ago, Richie. I'm sorry, Rochelle said it wasn't Adrian on the phone. Well, oh, okay. That's okay. I said,
12: it, I, did, I said Adrian Middleton, so maybe that threw him off with my last name. Hello, but...
0: Adrian Middleton. How are you?
12: I'm great. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Okay. So, all right, Richie's going to come join us here in the studio in a moment. So uh, we'll back up for a second. Uh, listeners uh, may remember, Adrian, uh, you came into the studio know, about six months ago, something like that, and yes. we were talking about getting in shape because there was this whole business of me bicycling, and I was kind of spongy and fat, and I wanted to figure out how to, how to you know, thin up and so forth. And you did, or I, as you still do sort of a sort of a workout boot camp thing?
12: Yeah, my right. partner and I own a boot camp called Fitness Works, and we provide outdoor workouts for all sorts of fitness
0: levels. And so people want to people want to find out more about this because this is the cool thing. And you do it uh, early morning. There's a couple different sessions it, it, where you it's various locations around town. And kind of the great thing is that it, you know, people are maybe not finding the motivation to exercise because you just sit there staring at a wall or whatever while you're on your uh, you know you're on your uh, yeah, you're on your elliptical, your treadmill, or you're trying to do jumping jacks, and you're just looking at the curtains in your living room or something. Uh, this, you do it in great, you know, sort of parks and locales in Portland, and it makes it a little more interesting. If people want to find out about that, uh, how, how can they contact you guys? Um,
12: they can go to www.fitnessworks.org, and there's a dash. It's fitness-works.org.
0: All right, fitness-works.org. All right, and we'll, uh, we'll give that out again at the end here. So the, the reason we sort of asked you to join us today is because we have uh, a guy named Richie Bristol, who I think you met. He is our production assistant, and <laughs> Sarah will sort of have to help me out with some of the uh, some of the details here. But the deal is that Richie has, for various reasons, wanted to lose a lot of weight, and he needed to lose it kind of quickly. Um, and, and long story short, Richie is a uh, when he's not here, he's a drag queen, and so he had to fit into a dress in December, and okay. so he had to drop all this weight, and. He has dropped a lot of weight in a really short period of time. And he's also, he's cut his caloric intake. And as part of this, and I know it sounds like I'm making all this up, but you have to just trust me when I say this is all true. So in addition to fitting into this dress, he is, I swear to God, he's training to become a mixed martial arts fighter. So at the same, so he's trying to gain muscle, lose weight, fit into a dress, but he's also working out a whole lot every night. To be be honest, like five
5: hours a day. How, How many days a week, Richie? Six. Six days a week. Yeah, five hours a day.
0: Not every day. I mean, my my slow day is three hours. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna throw some numbers at you here, and I I just want you to tell us, just in your opinion, just based on what you know, and uh, Uh just in your assessment as a personal trainer, uh, whether Richie is whether things are we, out of whack with yeah, the amount We think
5: that his of, personality is changing and we want to make sure we want to see like
0: We think he's going up. crazy. You no, know, I did quit <laughs> too, uh, so. well because he's gotten it's been a long time ago. And, and because he's gotten all on because because the thing is he's gotten really cranky and edgy and he's been really uh we feel very sort of verbally combative uh with <laughs> some people lately. And so we have this theory that that he's not eating a lot the, the The calories he does take in they come in the form of like powdered like protein formula and whatever Sarah that's totally true. saw you I doing have it.
2: one meal replacement a day, and that was while we were bowling because I can't eat vegetables you know right when we're bowling all know. right well, I have one meal replacement a day and I have a protein shake every day Okay, so On how much weight how
0: what how it's much at all defensive. how much weight have you lost and how much time
2: uh fifty some pounds in
0: since October eighth so Sorry. that is November december january so that's three three month three, three and a half. So that's like uh, what it is, 14 weeks. So you lost. No,
5: that's on. The, no, it's yeah. I've numbers.
0: So 14 weeks, you, you lost what, 55 pounds? Uh, yeah, around there. All right, and I mean, you weren't like a big guy to begin with. I mean, you were, you know, you were chubby, but you weren't, you weren't like you were morbidly obese. So Richie dropped 55 pounds in 14 14 weeks. Um. You're, how many days a week do you work out? Eugene? Six. Six days. How many hours do you average each day for your workout? Uh, I totals like 24 hours a, a week. So that's, like si- so that's six days. So that's basically you're working at four hours a night for six nights a week. Yeah, five. And then you told us yesterday that your caloric intake is 2,200 calories that, a day. That's the goal. So, Adrian, so this is the raw data I'm going to throw at you before we do anything else. He's e- eaten 2,200 calories a day. But he's working out four hours a night, six nights a week. And that right off the bat just seems unhealthy to me.
12: Yeah, his basal metabolic rate is probably around 2,000 to anywhere between 2,000 to 2,500 calories based on the weight that uh, that Sarah sent me in the email. When you say his basal,
0: his, his basal so metabolic like his rate. So it's
12: basically what you're, worked, what you're burning if you didn't exercise at all.
0: So if he was just going about his business every day and not working out, he's still needing like about 2,500 calories just to sort yeah, of exist. anywhere
12: between 2,000 and 2,500 is pretty average for a guy his size. So if he's and working so, out
0: four hours a day, six days a week.
12: Yeah, and, if, and depending on the intensity of his training, you know, he could be – Adding at least a thousand calories to that, if not, you know, doubling it.
2: Um, what is your I mean, What's the workout, Richie? What What kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, I start out with weight training, and then I do CrossFit, and then I take. Okay, uh, so
12: you're doing CrossFit.
2: Judo, and then jujitsu, and uh, then MMA training.
0: Really, it's just it's just I think everything on the menu. I think it's just going in there, just I, everything. It's great,
2: great calories though. I mean, I'm getting over 100 uh, grams of protein. I do my carbs. I also, I mean. I got glucosamine and amino acids, and well, I do. Adrian, what did you sound? Well, it sounds like you wanted to ask something, Adrian.
12: Um, I was curious if you're doing CrossFit with a trainer or are you doing it on your own.
2: Uh, I have five or six. I have a CrossFit trainer, that, yeah. Basically. So
12: does he have you on? He must have you on a on a meal plan, right?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, I have a dietitian. Certainly. Okay.
12: So they've they've planned all of this out for you. Yeah, like I, I have a you? log,
2: and basically, when we started this, I started logging in all my calories, and they went through it with me, and so that I get like the, the right amount of fruits, vegetables, carbs, uh, protein, and low uh-huh. fat. Low fat everything. The 2,200 calories I get is the S, It's the goal. Sometimes I go to 25. Sometimes I go less.
12: And do they understand the amount? Do your nutri- do they all talk to each other? Do they all know exactly yeah. how often you're working out and what frequency and intes- intensity and stuff?
2: Yeah, at least once a week we kind of meet by the by the front desk and we talk about you. Know, so it's
5: the dietitian in the same building as your.
2: Yeah, they they have forty yeah. professional fighters. So they this for them they have a lot of uh, dietitians and nurses mm-hmm. and all, all the, everything at their disposal. And that's what I'm using and well
12: I mean basically, my advice to you then would just to be to to talk to them about your mood changes, so do you disagree with your coworkers that you're not you no, I mean I've, or?
2: I've quit everything in the last three months I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit partying, I quit everything and and just this weekend was probably the first weekend that I actually had a lack of sleep I've tried to go to you know get Six to eight hours of sleep a night, so that my body can recover.
0: Really, his only enjoyment now comes from complaining and yelling. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's trying to focus everything into those two categories of fun. But I got like you... six hours sleep
2: total this weekend, so I believe I know Monday I was cranky. I came in here and they asked me how my was. But even was.
12: today,
5: you seem a little on edge. And you said you got a lot of sleep last night. I Have
2: haven't you... caught up fully, Adrian. What... Have
12: you talked to your trainers about how much sleep you're getting?
2: Uh no I I've read on the internet and stuff I think one of them told me that asked me how much sleep I get and I try to go to bed at midnight and wake up at eight o'clock every day because you want to set your head clock you know the, adjust so that you're doing the same thing
0: I know? have a question though because my whole thing and I'm not a doctor Adrian but my my thing is if you're burning like if you're if you're burning twice the calories you're taking in I mean it just seems like a bad idea well it depends on the calories I mean if you eaten... Chili mac calories or if you eat now is that true? Does 10 it make calories of, I mean, is, is that is, is that true does it make any difference in other words, like if you're eating a certain kind of food, can you burn like twice as many calories you're taking in, but it doesn't really matter.
12: No, the bottom line is it's calories in and calories out. There's no two ways. To, a calorie is a calorie.
0: See, that's what um, I've been saying, Richie. you're eating calorie? garbage in your, in
2: your training, it's, a, it's obviously not as good. as I mean, no, eat you're big right. 2,200 calories a big max as opposed to 2,200 calories of spinach. It's there be are definitely
12: better. better calorie choices than others, but every calorie burns the same uh calories measured to burn a certain to, to heat up a certain amount of water and, and that's the way that they've determined what a calorie is so you can overeat on
0: it's apples, the, and it's the same amount of energy like a calorie um, and calorie is a calorie it's the same amount of energy i mean that's it's like, an amount it's of unit. energy yeah. yeah
12: and so basically if you're if you're eating too many calories or more calories than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If you're if you're eating or consuming fewer calories than you're burning, you will lose weight.
0: So so my question to you would be, just in, again in your assessment, if so if Richie's uh, if if Richie's gonna be, you said you know his his just to, just to sort of exist every day, it's like twenty five hundred calories. And if he's working on like four hours a night doing all this stuff, and it's you know you're thinking of like maybe 4,000, four thousand forty five hundred calories, something like that. What should he like? How many calories should he be taking in?
12: Well, it's to me, but without getting into the calories too much, it sounds like he's got uh, a team of people that are helping him out with that, which I think is wonderful. Um, so, I mean, uh, just from estimating from where I'm sitting, I would say it sounds like he needs to be eating more. But if you've got people that are telling him and helping him out with his plan, then then I don't see any reason for him to, to not stick with it. My question is would be, would be how, how long really can you sustain this lifestyle, and when you go from... Um, a basically sedentary lifestyle where you're smoking and, and you were kind of implying that you were doing some other things. It, it, it's just that the challenge would be how to continue this path without feeling burnt out, not just phys- phys- physically, but emotionally and now mentally. I mean, what well. I mean, his
0: bottom line is would this sort of calorie disparity uh, create crankiness? No. <laughs> Adrian. Pardon? Would this sort of disparity between his workout and his caloric intake create crankiness? Would this make him bitchy?
2: I Yeah,
12: I would be bitchy. <laughs> yes. <All right. laughs> day
0: from high school is Richie bitchy? So, I mean, that's... <sighs> wow.
2: All right. Okay.
12: It could also be, you know, it could be a lack of sleep. I would definitely talk about that with your trainers and, and make sure they understand how much sleep you're getting. So maybe they would alter your workout plan for you a little bit. I would really, really focus on water. Lots and lots and lots of water. And make sure that you're getting all the complex carbohydrates that you're, that you're supposed to get in. If you're gonna, if you're gonna slack on anything, don't let it be the complex carbohydrates. Because the carbs are gonna help you keep and, re, you know, keep water in your system. And that, not having carbs in your body would, would affect your mental capacities and make you feel grumpy. <laughs> so, it's hard to think if you don't have, you know how it is when you kinda don't, you forget to eat for a while and you go low, low blood sugar. The reason it's hard to think is because your brain doesn't function very well. Yeah, with, with Richie. Carbohydrates. No, it L-
0: low functioning brain. All right. Whatever. Adrian. Okay, well, thank you for spending a few minutes with yeah, us. We appreciate it. Thank you so it. much, Jerry. Uh, if you want to oh, you uh, t- talk to Adrian, the website is fitness-works.org. fitness works.org. That's great. Right. Thanks so much for calling. Thank you. There you go. That's Adrian. All right. All right there you go. All right, Richie. So, Why do we have to talk to her? Just kidding. I'm, because You're she knows what she's talking about. And
5: you know what? We love you, but. You can't act like this every day. Like, all of us have off well, days. Have so if this is go going to be to the way you're going to be, it's going to come. Kind of not hard.
0: one day like that. I'm saying that you do Monday. seem... Now, listen. I'm just saying I have no dog in this fight, as they say. I have no vested interest in this. It would just be my observation. Don't make me instapole, because I'll do it. <laughs> I'll insta. I going to say I'll instapole your ass, but you know what Talk I mean. The... No, I... Don't do it. Me... Don't make me do the instapole, because you know what they're going to say. I have no... And you know, the it listeners doesn't...
5: it might be good to talk to the listeners because they are the ones that are calling a lot and they right. talk to Richie so they can That's see a tone when he's been screening them. Oh,
0: I'm no. just saying it seems to me like you are very you are a little raw around the edges lately. That's my point. It's not it's not even that like you're like being a bad guy, it's just uh, you know what it is? It's like uh, it's like if you don't have enough oil or something in your car, and you get that little bit of metal on metal. Mm-hmm. Seems like there's a little metal on metal. And it happening scares me too because if
5: you're still like, continuously trying to lose weight, then that means that this problem isn't going to get any better.
2: Seriously, oh, yeah, I've got I, ten pounds to go. Uh, have
0: you considered the idea that you do have some sort of weird body issue problem?
2: Yeah, it's trying to be a, a man man and a woman woman. See, <laughs>
0: see, maybe uh, maybe it was really we're making it way too complex. Maybe that's the issue right there.
7: I mean, you're that square peg round hole kind of thing. <laughs> Well, I I think though if you change all all those things of drinking and smoking, I mean, when I quit smoking, I was not oh, yeah. fun to be around for a while. Um, but, you know, it's only natural. You, you know, Isn't there you, a delayed reaction sometime maybe? Uh, like, I, I still I'm not handling it. stress as much. Yeah. Right. You know?
0: Well, all right. Well, on that, we got to take a break. Come back after this. Jim Rube coming up. Then Katie Darrell from TMZ. Today's undead survival question. More from uh, Dave Schmitke and our ProFlowers.com. Happy Valentine's Day or not breakup stories. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, today's phrase is, I want to smell like Bob Crane's fingers. There you go. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Not even that can ruin my up. <laughs> well, we were talking about it earlier, but they're making, this is not a joke, uh, CBS, being the fine money-making corporation that they are, they're going to be selling three different perfumes that are named after Star Trek uh, elements. There's going to be one called Tiberius, for James Tiberius Kirk. There's going to be one called Red Shirt, which is for that poor bastard that always gets sent down to, like, the tentacle-rape-acid planet to die. And then there's going to be one called Ponfar, I believe. Dave,
7: is that the... Uh, I,
0: I think I think you're right, yeah, you Ponfar. And we didn't know what that was, but then Dave uh, Schmidtke, who was in the studio with us, identified that as being the Klingon mating cycle, which,
7: you know... <laughs> really depressing that I even know that. But,
0: but so then we were, you know, we had somebody else saying, well, like, what about, you know, what about uh, B. Arthur Maud uh, cologne or Bob, Bob Crane's That's fingers? That's a repellent.
7: Yeah,
0: <laughs> seriously, <laughs> man be gone. Yeah. I need some deep Woods man off. Do you have uh, B. Arthur? Greats. That's wonderful. Go out unmolested now. Anywho, uh, and so forth. All right. It just by the way, it, this story that you're talking about today, it's a kind of a follow-up to yesterday, but it's got some great words in it. It says round two of SAG versus SAG set for Thursday, which sounds like some sort of op- octogenarian boxing match. Um, where it's like Estelle Getty punching it out with like uh, you know Rue McClanahan. It's SAG versus SAG, ladies and gentlemen. The
10: second Golden Girls reference within this phone call. That's
0: pretty amazing. That's, you know why it is? Because I was watching this. Um, I was watching this DVD the other day. And it's, it's the Found Footage Film Festival. These guys that tour the country showing these movies and film clips and uh, the cable access stuff, but it's just stuff that they literally have found at flea markets and at garage sales and in old warehouses. And one of them was, I swear to God, a thing they sold in the 80s that was the, um, it was the Estelle Getty workout tape. Oh, my gosh. And it's Estelle Getty with some, like, swarthy, you know, kind of Italian kind of, you know, like they couldn't get Sylvester Stallone, so they found this guy. And, like, a workout with, like, this bad synth jazzercise music underneath it. It's just the weirdest thing. It's in my head. Um, I'm sorry. Man. Me too. But it says so. I'm you know exercising it by discussing the Golden Girls constantly. Uh, it says CNN's Jim Roop reports that the infighting that is keeping Hollywood on hold has spilled into the court system. So this is we, you know, we discussed some of this yesterday, but this is the lawsuit going forward with the Screen Actors Guild about the guy who was representing them or can represent them. So I mean, what? Did, how much is this going to just going to be a fly in the ointment of all of the stuff these guys are trying to get put together?
10: Well, the whole thing is. It, it, it's that way. I mean, at the union now. I I think we talked about this yesterday. The only way really to fix it is is to totally destroy it and rebuild it. it. There's so much infighting. There's there's two factions that are just at each other's throats constantly. And 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 I don't really understand it. I, I I understand Rosenberg really. I understand what he wants to do. He wants to really get a real good package because there's there's way too much wrong with how actors are paid and we're talking about the working class actor the guys who you know the ones walking in the background of the screen or 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 just have a little line to say you know these guys that are are struggling from day to day to try and get work so they can pay their mortgage that's that's who he's talking about and that's and he's trying to really secure something for them that means something because right now uh the studios are able to negotiate a flat fee for Internet, right. I mean, not downloads, but just streaming. and it's a kind of a one-time fee. And, you know, a lot of actors who are making a lot of money doing that right now, like the Alec Baldwins and those folks, um, he had that commercial on during the Super Bowl, as sure. a matter of fact. Right. Uh, you know, th- it's that faction against those who are saying, you got to stop this so we can get a real good deal. Well, Doug Allen, Allen Rosenberg's guy, was, according to Rosenberg, doing a great job at trying to get that done. But there are so many people nervous that they're not working, or that productions are being put on hold, and nothing's moving forward. They're afraid they're not going to get anything, and they're going to have to strike, and that would really kill things. Well, and
0: as we always say, this is—I remember the last time there was—what uh, was it? Was it the, what was the last one? Was it SAG or was it the directors? The last strike that was like a, about a year and a half ago—that was writers. That was right That was the writers, and uh, you know, I just remember it was just it put such a such a kink in the works. Uh, that I can't imagine it right now. There's, anybody. The, the industry's
10: still recovering from that. I mean, still there are people that have not been rehired from that, from those days. Uh, that that 100-day-long strike. There are still people fired. You know, usually, you know, it kind of trickles back where they'll hire the the drivers for the major stars first, and they'll hire back the guys who drive for uh, this faction, and then they get the guys who drive the shuttle buses for the actors who have to park off-site. You know, but. Those guys who have drive the shuttle buses for the actors at the park off-site aren't hired back yet.
4: Right, right. So
10: it's, there's still a whole lot of residual, and there's still a lot of businesses that closed during that that haven't reopened. Ugh. So just the, just that cloud of a possible strike hanging over Hollywood really has everybody so nervous and so keyed up that nobody w- knows what to do next. Right. So they're just fighting with each other.
0: Here's your opportunity, Jim Rope. You're an actor. You should now, you should form your own competing union. This is the time <laughs> for you to come. You can be like, you can be as to the union system now the way you're reading.
10: Oh, reno- gas. Sag backwards.
0: You, you can be, you could exactly. You could be, uh, uh, and, and it would stand for get, get a something, get a script, get a check, <laughs> get- whatever. <laughs> um, but, it, but it could be like, uh, you know, you could be to the regular union system the way that arena football was to the NFL during that NFL strike that they had years back. Oh. And suddenly, you know, arena football, ascendant. Except, you know, that didn't really work out so well for those guys. But you, I'm saying you could make a go of it, sir.
10: Yeah, but then when all everything does settle down, I'm the evil guy.
0: Yeah, I know. But, you know, but being an well, evil guy. I should guys... make
10: money while well. While... Well, I can't. You
0: gotta make hay while the, while the while the sun while the sun is shining.
10: Whatever the hell that means. Yeah. You're absolutely right. All right.
0: On that note, my friend, enjoy your Southern California day. We will talk to you very soon.
10: Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. There you go. That's a Jim Roof. All right. We're
0: we'll gonna talk to Katie Darrell here in a second, and then um Sarah.
5: And then I think Dennis and then break and then break up
4: story.
0: And, and then zombie.
4: zombie. All right.
0: Hello, Dave. Sounds how good are to you? me. I'm doing well. How are you guys? It's a big ball of chaos over here. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com. One of our very favorite people, Katie Daryl. Hello, how are you?
4: Hi.
13: Happy Hump Day. Thank
0: you. Uh, so you, boy, how about that? How about that, Christian
9: Bale?
13: Oh my God! I'm so glad that you brought this up first because I mean, this brings so many things to light. I mean, would you? I, I mean, this is an honest question. Would you? be allowed to go on a tirade like that at work? Would the people that are around you accept that? No. No.
0: No, the answer to that is no. I mean, they don't even really accept what I do now. I mean, you ought to see, I go home every day with flogging marks all over me. I mean, it's just, uh, it's unpleasant. But no.
13: Exactly. I mean, Christian Bailey, it's unacceptable. He was on the uh, set for Terminator 4, T4, and uh, apparently a DP, director of photography, walked into his line of sight or walked into the set uh, to check a light and busted the shot. Um, therefore setting Christian Bale off on this crazy tirade. He dropped, like, the F-bomb something like 30 times or something crazy like that. You can listen to it all at TMC.com. I personally think it's unacceptable. It seems like a lot of people are saying it's unacceptable and, and quite possibly unforgivable, but it's interesting to see that there are certain people that are defending him, even Whoopi Goldberg.
0: Well, and see, my thing is, I mean, look, I mean, I understand you're trying to do the shot and whatever, you know, he comes from a theatrical background, so he takes it all very seriously. And not like a guy should be sort of mucking up the works, you know, as they're trying to do the scene, but in my, and I'm glad you said this, actually, I'm glad you're sort of on this side of the equation, because my deal is this, I was thinking about this last night, actually, my, my big problem with the Christian Bale thing is it was somebody uh, who works here was saying, well, you know, what, what the hell is the DP doing? He's screwing up the shot, he deserved to get yelled at, and, like my thing is there's acting which is sort of an overall like an artistic sort of a concept and a thing there's acting as a generalized field of activity and then there's like acting like when you go to work in the morning you go onto the set you get your makeup and you walk out there in front of the camera and like when you're out there you're doing a job like acting is your job some guys uh you know some guys lay bricks some guys drive a cab some guys go out and they act uh, during the day and like that's your job and you got to act like you got to act like you're at work uh, not like you're a spoiled bastard
13: it's unacceptable behavior. It's childish. Um, it's unprofessional, and I agree with you entirely. It, a job is a job, and we are all, you know, held to a certain degree, um, you know, uh, by everyone. That you, um, I, when you're at work, you're just supposed to act like a normal human being. You're not supposed to be crazy.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. The best part was how you said you're not supposed to be crazy in like a weird escalating kind of crazy tone of voice. I know. I'm Wow. The only thing that would have made the Christian Bale thing better is if he had screamed at the guy in the weird Batman, like, you're blocking my shot! You know, that's the only thing that would have made it better. Um, what else is happening in the world of TMZ, Katie Do?
13: Boy, this uh, helicopter pilot porn star story is off the hook. Um, I'm not sure if you've been following it. But... No,
0: I have to say that I don't know what you're talking about. But oh,
13: okay, this is great. So there's this helicopter pilot, and uh, he flies for Tommy Lee quite a bit. His name is David Marks. Last weekend, uh, he, had, he was told by the L.A. Police Department to land his helicopter because he was flying, you know, maybe erratic and a little unsafe, a little bit too low. So he landed at the Van Nuys Airport, uh, where he proceeded to drink with Tommy Lee, a celebratory drink. Well, when the cops arrived, they are like, listen, you were, you were flying your helicopter all crazy, uh, and now you're drinking. We need to give you a breathalyzer because we need to see like, if you were drunk up in the air. So he blows the breathalyzer, .01 and a .02, and obviously we know the legal limit's .08, but you're not supposed to be drinking at all while flying, but, you know, he was able to kind of skate by with the whole, oh, no, I was drinking afterwards, and you guys just got here 30 minutes late, so any alcohol that was in my system, right. I just put in it, thing." So he's being investigated for that. Then TMZ found out that these photos surfaced of this pilot, David Marks, and a porn star, the porn star hats her shirt up, they're in the helicopter, they're topless photos. Uh, then you see another photo of the pilot leaning in to lick apart on her body. Wow. Um, and there's photos of it. And these photos were sent to the FAA last year in 2007, and they didn't investigate it because they said there's no way to prove whether they were flying or not. Well, TMZ spoke to the pilot, and he said, hell yeah, we were flying, that's the way we roll. <laughs> so he threw himself under the bus. The photo, you can see the horizon through the windshield, and you can see that the Uh, The the helicopter was flying at 60 knots, so how they slipped by the FAA to begin with is beyond us. But then the story thickens even more. We talked to the porn star who was in in the uh, the helicopter. Her name is Puma Swede. And uh, we ran into her today out, you know, in the valley where all porn stars hang out. And she said not only did the things that happened in the photos occur, but she actually repaid a favor to the pilot uh, and she admits to it in video. So yes. this guy is now officially being investigated by the FAA. So, I mean, me, really?
0: Me listen so now TMZ is not only doing the work of TMZ, you are now doing the work of the FAA really? as well. I mean,
13: Creative journalism at its best, that's TMZ. But this is a big story, and I mean, I have to give so much credit to Harvey Levin, you know, the head honcho over there at TMZ. I guess he really broke this. He really got out there and, and, you know, I I don't want to say, like, created the waves, but I mean, you know, this stuff posted on the website made people actually say, whoa, 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 this guy's, you know, perhaps a danger because – you're just supposed to keep your eyes on the road or the air or the sky, and in these photos, he certainly is not getting
0: He's his uh, getting his Charles Barkley on. Oh
13: yeah, there? I All like right. that.
0: All right, Katie Darrell, you know, here's the great thing about having you on the show is it, it, I almost feel like I need a nap uh, afterwards sometimes because it really is just uh, it, it, it's like running it's a decathlon of gossip and scandal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Iron Man competition of sleaze, and I mean that in the best possible way, Katie.
13: I don't know any other way it could be interpreted, so All I right. appreciate that.
0: Katie Daryl, as always, a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week.
4: Thanks. All
13: All right. Have a good time.
0: There you go. That's uh, Katie Daryl. Wow. Hold on. We're just going to take a second here.
5: We don't have time for a second.
0: <laughs> I ain't got time <laughs> yeah, to breathe well, or bleed or do anything except to introduce Dennis Pittenberger. Hello. How are you?
5: I'm not too bad. How are you doing?
0: Is there a weird, is there a hollowness with that mic?
5: I don't know. That's the good one. So this we're just going to bear one. with when it. We
0: do, when we do it, it's usually. I'm only video. getting him in the left channel. That's the weird thing. That mic is only coming through in the left channel.
5: I think it's your headphones because I can hear him in both.
0: No, because you're in both head channels, and so am I, and so is Dave. It, when Richie was on, it was left channel only, and Should now. You try
3: this one? Dennis oh wait, you're right.
0: It is only in one. Yeah, try Let it. Let me yeah, try, try this
3: one. Hi, I'm Dennis. Whoa! Pittenberg. Whoa! whoa. Ow! Ow! Well, hello. <laughs> sorry about that.
0: Wrong mic turned on. Wrong mic turned okay, on. Okay, that's why that was happening.
3: I did not mean to deafen the host. I'm no, sorry.
0: Are you happy, Clara? No. That's he was talking into this mic, but it wasn't turned on. That was the no, one. No, that, that was turned one on. was turned
5: on. I just potted it. Well, down. they were
0: both turned on then? That's my point. No, I just
5: no, I just flipped it because the other pot was down. Well, completely. Why was that
0: one so loud much louder then?
5: Because Dennis went, Hey I'm sorry. not don't, do don't
3: don't do that. I
0: didn't anything. mean to do that. I didn't mean to definitely. And that mic's home. always
5: been hotter than the other one. All
0: right. How you doing? All right. I'm not impugning your board work. I'm just wondering if like the lights, because the lights over there are so weird.
5: No, I mean because they're they're two separate pots. I mean the other one was down Oh when it was I potted, potted down. No, no, I never pulled three up. I had four up.
0: Well, it
3: wasn't I'm, me. I'm we'll moving forward. <laughs> no,
0: it's Dennis's problem.
3: Are you happy, Clark? The kids are deaf.
0: <laughs> Seriously. All right, Dennis. Hello.
3: How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, actually. We're really excited. We're, uh, you know, we spent the whole day down at the Portland International Auto Show. It's a big deal. It's the the time of year to uh, go and shop for all the different cars. Uh, we got a booth down there to, of course, promote the show and talk about the radio and television show. But there's some really cool stuff. It's the hundredth anniversary of the show. There's a really cool deal for kids on Sunday where they have, you know, the big blow-up deals where you can run around. I'll, pretend, I'll try to convince someone I'm 12 years old so I can go in the bouncy tower. Please don't try to convince somebody you're 12
0: years old because then that ends uh, with, uh, you know, like a camera crew in your living room. And then the guy says, hello, you're on to catch a predator.
3: What? My <laughs> wife is 12 years younger than me and in studio for once. But of age. But of age. Okay. But, uh, no, things are things are well. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. All the, all the auto manufacturers still have their hand out. It's... Uh, it's a, it's a never-ending stream of money that they're asking for. They've turned down Canada for $3 billion. GM uh, turned Canada down for $3 billion. Did GM, uh, I
0: read yesterday they're going to be, uh, I'm not firing, they're going to be uh, offering buyouts to every single one of their hourly employees?
3: Yeah, well, it's Chrysler and GM are offering buyouts, and I really think that it's one of those things that it's, it depends on what side of the fence you want to jump on. I mean, one one side of the argument would be, Take the buyouts. Get the people that want to be part of the, the problem, which I've said this, and there's no time to get into the soapbox discussion of the legacy uh, GM employees, or even, let alone the legacy employees of, Gen, of uh, Chrysler or any of their fractions, but it's just one of those things where what is the right path? I mean, I, I talked to PR people, especially this week, with all of the head honchos from public relations from Dodge and Ford and, and GM all being in town, and I've already talked to this week. It's very difficult to take their optimism and my optimism for the automotive industry, and then portray it to the public without just honestly just taking the knife and stick it in the back of it because it's frustrating to look at the millions of dollars that are on their shoulders that are that's our money and I know that I've talked to people personally from Chrysler, who are good friends of mine, and it, everything is under scrutiny. I mean they they had a thing uh, just a little, little while ago. Short story, Jim Press. I mean he is the he is the real. I guess a uh, guy behind the you know the curtain in Oz of Chrysler and they wanted to have a lunch where media people could come in and talk to him and they were they're scrutinizing it so vividly that a sandwich bar was turned down for journalists because they were like we can't spend that money if, is that good because they don't want to spend the money for something stupid as sandwiches for me to talk to the right person? Or is the other side, is it bad that they're, you know, are they over analyzing the situation? i got a great idea. Now, here's how we can solve the whole thing. I have
0: no problem giving the auto industry uh, millions of dollars, bailout, whatever. they got to do a few things. A, um, America should get to vote on what one of their upcoming cars is going to be called. And I whatever, think that's a great and idea. And whatever we pick, they got to do it. I think that's a great it idea. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Whatever we vote on, they got to do that. A, they got to name a car whatever we as a people vote on. B, they got to invent a flying car. I want a Jetsons car and I want it now. It's 2009. Look, we have cars, we have planes. I want a car plane. That's it. End of story. You're gonna give me one and we'll give you the money. And that's that's the second thing. Third thing. They got to manufacture that Tucker car, and they got to sell it everywhere. <laughs> Delayed <laughs> justice is better than no justice at all. I want that. T- I want that Tucker a man in his dream car. I want it sold, and I want it sold affordably, and I want them to do it.
3: You know, the thing is, to build that car right now would probably cost like three thousand dollars.
0: You know, that's the thing. And I mean, I would have. I'd sign off on that bailout right
3: now if they said that they were going to roll out that Tucker mobile. Well, there's no reason to sign off on it. They've already taken your money and given it to them. So, so but just- the other side, you, your first idea is absolutely, 100%, could be the key to every one of the manufacturers that builds cars, making something that people will buy. I'd even accept it conflating the first two, where I get to name a car that can fly. Well, we like, uh, Miles around James, you know, James, obviously James Robinson of uh, Musicology yes. and Big Jim wanted to call it the Chrysler uh, Gratis, which was basically their car, which would cost like $1,000, it would be the Gratis to you, right. the, the you know American public, to get a car that would be... Built for a small amount of money, and a person could go in and buy it. Now, I'm not—I don't want to just stab the knife in the neck of Chrysler, but any of the auto manufacturers because they're all there. You can go down to the show and see the hydrogen car and all these things, but it's like, what you know? Where do they draw the line between what the what the public wants, which is what your idea is saying, and what they think the public wants? By
0: the way, can I just say I know that there's that BMW or whatever they have the hydrogen. Look, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that uh, Germans have a bad history making things that are filled with <laughs> hydrogen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It might as well call the car the humanity. Well, the whole car could just really burn up at any minute. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, miles around this coming uh, Saturday, 9 to noon. 9 to and noon. Gentlemen. We're
3: going to have tickets to give away for the auto show. We got we gave 25 pairs out last weekend. We are going to be down at the auto show this weekend. The uh, TV show Sunday, 9 a.m. on Comcast Sports Net, uh, Network. And, of course, go down to the auto show. Like I said, uh, check everything out. So Excellent. thank you again for having us on. The program. Dennis
0: Pitts and Barker, ladies and gentlemen. Take a break. Back after this, we got the proflowers.com. Happy Valentine's Day, or not? Uh, breakup story around the corner. Uh, later on today's undead survival question, and we'll tell you where to pick up those Friday the Thirteenth tickets. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That's...
4: Meat and horn, yeah.
0: Jesus. The thing about... Never mind. Why, hello?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Rick. Get it together,
0: man. Uh, We now (laughs) enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. It's the final segment of the Rick Everson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Join us tomorrow uh, when our guests will include Dorothy Incarcissary from the National Enquirer and David Walker. All right. By the way, I think tomorrow... I'll just say it now. So I think tomorrow we're going to ask David Walker to augment the Happy Valentine's Day or Not contest with a breakup story of his own. Because even without asking him, you just know. He's... Didn't he the girl that had set his car on fire or yeah. something? Yes, he had a oh, really? set of car on fire. So we should say that that one doesn't count. What was something else? All right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, here is what is coming up for the end of the show today. Uh, so we're going to do uh, today's zombie survival question. We'll do the Happy Valentine's Day or not breakup uh, story here in a few. More news with Dave Schmitke, who is in the studio with us. I want to say, though, right now, uh, you can be among the first to see Friday the 13th at the AM 970 premiere this Monday night at Lloyd Cinemas. So as of now, they are available. Uh, You can go get your free pass for two while supplies last. It is at the uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, which is at 1902 West Burnside. Uh, right there in uh, Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the PGE Park on them. It's like 19th and Burnside, right by PGE Park. So uh, there's a limited supply, so go down there right now. Go down there today uh, because they're just there until they're gone. Uh, that is the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, 1902 West Burnside. It's uh, next to PGE Park, uh, 19th and Burnside. You can get yourself a free pair of passes to see Friday the 13th this coming Monday Lloyd Cinema at uh, the AM 970 premiere. So uh, do that
7: now. All right. Hello, Dave Schmidke. How are you? I am fine, Rick. Sarah, I'm marvelous. I wanted to get the story in here because I, it gives me a great opportunity to, to mispronounce Swedish names. Excellent. <laughs> but Sweden's legendary Great Lake Sea Monster remains the focus of photographers hunting for its image, despite a county council order banning cameras on the shores of Storshon in Oosterland in northern Sweden. Is this one of those names where it's like it's got the like the, the O with a line through it? Well, it's got the umlaut, you no. know. Umlaut. So I think it's like oo Oosterland.
5: Hey, Dave Schmicki, do you know how to make an umlaut on the computer?
0: I was
7: just uh, going to ask that. Get uh, out of my head. Uh-uh. Oh, that's weird. I was I've just... been
5: thinking about that for like a week.
0: Me, Me not, too. How, how, do you know how? No. I oh. was just opening my mouth literally to go, you know, the thing about the umlaut is I don't know how to do it on the computer. And I... Okay, here's the thing. You should, do you have any anything else on that thought? Because I want to see if the rest of your thought is the same as mine. Well,
5: because I had been, I was watching the Super Bowl and somebody had a. These completely different. I was uh, I was watching the Super Bowl and somebody had a last name like I think it was Roethlisberger, and mm-hmm. it looked like there was an umlaut over it. I think it. there is actually. Oh, okay, and I and that so I was asking people at the Super Bowl party I was at if they knew how to make an umlaut on a computer, and nobody knew.
0: All right, here's the test. So if you ever have to type something uh, that has an umlaut, what do you do? I just like don't. if you had to type Motley Crue or Motorhead or something. I just don't. Oh, right. Okay, see, so that's not, we're not what entirely. Do you, do you you put, I do the same thing Crystal Cash does. Here's the thing Crystal Cash at KUFO was talking about this. She was just like, how do you make an umlaut? And I was like, I don't know. And then I revealed that what I do, because I, I'm real anal about these things. When I uh, when I would type Motorhead, for example, the band, and there's, a, there's an umlaut of the O, you know what I do? Or if, if I ever need an umlaut or something, I go online and I type in Motorhead and I find their webpage and I just I copy and paste it into the into the document.
7: That's genius. Ah, that's really smart. So like if I'm
0: doing Motley Crue and I'm typing Motley Crue, I will go online and find somebody who has figured out how to do it and I'll just copy their work. Ah. that's it. I don't know. Even how
5: to though make... you could go online just as easily and write how do you type an umlaut.
7: That's true. We should do that now.
5: Right. An
9: umlaut.
5: All right, fantastic.
7: All right. Oh while you're doing that. Yeah. just You know, they actually believe that there is a sea monster in this lake. And they're so serious about it that they have banned unauthorized attempted photographs of said sea monster. Well, that's like the, uh, in, uh, what is it, it's not Clark County, it's um,
0: uh, Skamania. Uh, Skamania is actually the only place in America where there is, in fact, a law against shooting Bigfoot. You are not allowed to shoot mm. Bigfoot. It isn't, in fact, a violation of the law. You know, because it's a natural resource. You've got to, pre- you've got to protect it. And plus, they know that... The, the, the unauthorized photography, that's totally, you know what it is? That's to, that's to preserve and protect a burgeoning tourist uh, attraction. Yeah. Because I, right. I, I tell you, I w- actually went to Loch Ness uh, about a year and a half ago. I went to Scotland and I went to, yeah, my wife and I went to, she was in Italy, then we, we sound so continental. She was in Italy and then we met up in London and then we went to Scotland and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And as a kid, I had this whole fixation on the Loch Ness monster, which as an adult I know is, you know, is bupkous, But mm-hmm. uh, But as a kid, I was really into it. And so it was kind of a closing of the circle thing. I wanted to go there and just see this place that I had read about as a kid. And I went, and, you know, obviously you just go out in the, you know, you go out in the, on the lock, which looks like the gorge, basically. And the guy says, some people believe that a scary monster lives in the depths of whatever. And then you watch a corny film, and then you buy, like, a squeaky toy of the, of the monster. <laughs> That's it. But, um... It, but, but but like ninety eight percent of Loch Ness's revenue is based on the Loch Ness monster. Sure. I mean that's the deal. I mean they, they, that's why they've got every copyright and trademark on earth you could possibly imagine locked up, so to speak, because they know that's where all their money comes from. So
7: well, have you? This is a little off topic, but have you seen the movie Werner Herzog's movie Incident at Loch Ness? No, you know, and I've always wanted to because that's the pseudo documentary about. Loch Ness. You've got
6: to
0: see it. Yeah. You've got to see it. And it's about a it, it's a mockumentary about a guy trying to make a documentary about the Loch Ness monster, and then there's a real monster that attacks him yeah. or something like that. No, I haven't. So. Yeah,
7: I'll, I'll I'll bring it in. You can borrow it. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty interesting. But, yeah. um, well, you know, you're right, because actually in 1986, Jantlan's County Administrative board, board banned anyone from killing, injuring, or trapping a live animal, such as the Great Lake Sea Monster, or, let me go a step further here, from removing or injuring the Great Lake Sea Monster's eggs, roe, or dwelling. I don't like the word roe. I don't really care for that. I don't even really know what it means, but it unnerves me. Eggs?
5: Yeah, it sounds like but eggs. Didn't you, say what, didn't
0: you say eggs and roe? Uh, I did! So I is, don't even listen to what i Okay, I'm so then what is roe? That think,
5: sounds like, like for me, it seems like the gelatinous stuff for like
0: caviar. See, I just assume it's poo.
7: <laughs> well, it's, then don't harm the Sea Monster's poo in Sweden. <laughs> Or you will go to the pokey. And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. They're
5: uh, gonna uh, go with the and the rest of the
0: story. And uh, now you know. Uh, I was also considering, and that's one to grow on. All right. Uh, shall we uh, do today uh, today's Happy Valentine's Day or not breakup story? Why? Are you ready? Uh,
5: yeah, this one's kind of recycled, but I've added uh, details not heard on the air before.
0: So <laughs> this is like—is this like a director's cut? This is the 10th anniversary special edition of this breakup story. Yeah. It'll be new to Dave. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it all afternoon. He really is. Yeah. I have got a lot of people who look forward to these because, for the best reason, because it makes them feel uh, less alone in that they've had some weird, gnarly breakup because they're like, it happens to I even can. the best. It even happens to celebrities, Sarah. So, all right. Uh, so, uh, I, I forget. Are we starting with the listeners or are we starting with yours?
5: I think we start with mine. Do you want to start...
0: So we'll start with yours then. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we now enter today's ProFlowers.com Happy Valentine's Day or not giveaway. If we read your breakup story on the air, you'll win a seventy-five uh, dollar gift card to ProFlowers.com. Don't forget, you can get one dozen Sweet Expressions roses for thirty-nine point ninety-nine and a second dozen free. Visit ProFlowers.com, click the microphone on the upper right hand corner, you type in Emerson, or call one eight hundred ProFlowers and uh, mention my name for the amazing deal. Offer expires Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sarah Dillon.
5: comedian i could look past his workout obsession and uh his annoying falsetto karaoke singing he was really really good on paper he was like an ivy league college
6: He comes theory. from a nice
5: in theory because her a nice family you know owns his own home i'm just like okay you know good this guy looks awesome on paper okay you know you know maybe this will go somewhere uh so i you know i'm a pretty i'm a pretty laid-back kind of girl and uh Come, uh, New Year's Eve is just like my best thing. P.S. I'm just deciding now that I'm gonna stay home. You should stay inside.
0: Uh, um, uh, you know, you, know, you know, you'll be. You should be on uh, New Year's Eve. You should be like. Um when does that guy, like the Wolf Man, or would have had to lock himself in a in a cage or something on full moons because otherwise bad things would happen? So you should you should have somebody lock you up and be like, and no matter how much I beg, don't let me out until New Year's Eve is past. I think that's what I should do. All right.
5: So uh, so you know, I had you know parties and things to go to. I I decided to skip out on my plans with my friends, like well, potential plans with my friends. to go spend New Year's Eve with the comedian. Uh, this was this past uh, New Year's Eve. Okay. So he was hosting a barfly bus, and uh, I go there by myself to go be his plus one for the barfly bus. Uh, So I get there, and I see this girl that I recognize, and uh, she's with this, like, little petite blonde girl. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, hey, Chrissy, you know, and she's like, oh, this is my little blonde friend. I'm like, oh, how are you, little blonde friend? So we all go on the bus. I'm like, hey, I don't know anybody, and, you know, the comedian's running around, like, getting people to sign up. nothing. mind you, this is New Year's Eve. I'm sitting at Dante's, like, by myself for, like, 45 minutes. Waiting for it to arrive, and I, I noticed, you know, that the comedian is over there talking to Chrissy, and, and the blonde girl, he keeps, like, going over there talking to me, like, oh, that's nice, he's being friendly,
0: signing them up. He cares about his fans. He
5: sure does. And uh, so we get on the bus, and so I'm sitting there, and, and the blonde girl and Chrissy sit behind me, and we go to the first place, which is Hall of Fame, and this guy comes into the little smoking area, and he looks at all of us, and he's like, hey, so how do you know the comedian bus driver guy? And I look up, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm dating him, and the girl Chrissy sitting next to me is like, oh, that's so funny, she just dated him recently as well. I'm like... Okay, that's strange. So the blonde girl's like, "Yeah, yeah, we." I should have said his name.
4: <laughs> you guys
5: online know Oops. who I'm talking about now. Okay, so the comedian. Buford. So the comedian comes walking in, and, just, and he's, I was like, "Hey, dude, were you gonna let me know that you know?" I was... Sitting with your ex-girlfriend on the bus, that and you know, they, the most recent
0: ex-girlfriend, and she was the ex-girlfriend, not because they didn't want to be together, but because she moved.
5: Because she
4: moved.
0: Ah.
5: He said that he was expiration dating her because he knew that she was moving. So anyway, I heard all these huh. stories about this girl and how awesome her dog was and how funny she was. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm gonna spend the whole day on the bus, you know, the whole night on the bus. Uh, at one point, I had to come up to him. At a bar, because she kept following him around, talking to him, and at one point I had to send him down, and be like, "Am I gonna have a good night? or Am I gonna have to sit here and watch you flirt with your
0: ex-girlfriend?" Send your little friend home.
5: No. So he, so we did that. She was, you know, there the whole time. It was really awkward. So, you know, I talked to to him, and he was just like, "I had no idea she was even in town. I didn't know she was gonna be on the bus, but i flash flush forward uh, to the following week, where I'm talking about this uh, hilarious situation on the air, and I get an email from one of our mutual friends saying." Well you know when he told me about this that she was probably going to be on the bus a couple of weeks ago I told him that it would probably be a bad idea when he was talking about it so uh, he in fact knew she was going to be on there and he didn't know for a fact that I was going to be on the bus so in turn he already had a date lined up
0: that's kind of a wow. playing the law of averages sort of a thing exactly.
5: I didn't I didn't decide till that morning that I was going to
0: go on the bus you know what it is it's like when you try to quit smoking and then you have that one little cigarette and the match inside the glass vial that you you know just, just, even, just in case in case you need a cigarette that night so and your regular cigarette doesn't show up
5: so what do self-involved um, a-holes do? They start instant messaging you when you're at work because their friends have started talking about, oh, oh, they're like, oh, I heard, you know, about you because I know that you're not Sarah. on the radio. So he starts instant messaging me saying, like, I didn't say that, like, talking back to the radio... Through via instant message <laughs> and then he's like I didn't do that uh, oh, it's just because I didn't want to uh, baby, you know lie about something and you don't know Blah us so I'm just like you know what we need to talk about this there and he's like no you need to tell me right this second if you still want to be with me and I'm like well thanks for making me you know forced to do this and yes, goes, I'm at work seriously I'm like can you have a little respect for me and so I basically had to break up with him instant message I'm like no I don't like you and I don't want to be with you anymore so I got to do that instant message I haven't talked to him um, since you know our last talk on the internet. And when I get home, that day after that happened, uh, his Christmas present that had been delayed three months or three weeks uh, was sitting on my doorstep. That I, a special T-shirt that I had ordered for him. And not only did that one come, the company felt so bad about being late with the T-shirt that the next day they sent me another one.
0: Wow. Now, That's nothing funny. the universe likes more than additional reminders.
5: Yeah, and it all happened uh, less than an hour after I finally admitted for the first time in two years that I had a boyfriend on the air.
0: You know what you are. Here's the thing about you. Here's the thing, you sir. you are the guy who's two days away from retirement in every lethal weapon movie. That's the deal, right?
5: I said it, and then all of a sudden it hit the fan.
0: I finally got my 35 year pension. My wife and I we got a real sweet place picked out in Cabo San Lucas. If I can just get through today without being shot in the head by a terrorist, I'm gonna have my whole retirement, and it's gonna be great. Poof, dead. Also, you could also be this guy. You could be. I'm just, you know, trying to. uh, I'm trying to make you feel less alone. You're kind of like uh, the guy, also in the war film, that's in the foxhole, going, "Here's a picture of my girl back home. You know, I just found out today that uh, you know, she's uh, we're gonna have a baby. And uh, you know, I've never, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I've I mean, or the baby has just been born. He goes, uh, I can't nev- wait
6: to go home and hold my baby. I
0: Can't wait to look him in the eyes because he hasn't, he's never known his daddy because I've been over here the whole time. And uh, you know, I'm shipping out next week. You know, if I can just get through today without Charlie shooting me in the head, uh, I'm gonna be. What's that sound? You know, and then, like, the end.
7: Now, this is supposed to make Sarah feel better. How? I'm saying. Yeah, seriously,
5: thanks. It was pretty funny, though, because I finally said, because Rick was pessimistic being the show, I'm like, okay, he's my boyfriend. And then this guy I writes back, he's like, yeah, when I, when he told me a couple weeks ago, and you know, after the comedian had sworn up and down that he had no idea.
0: You see, Sarah, given enough time, the comedian was funny. <laughs> All right. We'll now read the uh, listener submission here. This is from listener Sean. This one's really just like so anticlimactic after that and after the last two. Yesterday it was the guy who found out his wife was on like a transgender dating site and scanning all his bank records. Day before that we had a woman. A woman
5: who's whose husband kissed her, like put on, her, on her daughter. On
0: her daughter. Oh. <laughs> this one's just so so tame. Uh, congratulations, Sean. You're winning a seventy-five dollar gift card to Pro Flowers. Don't forget you can go to uh, proflowers.com You click on the microphone on the upper right hand corner you type in Emerson E M E R S O N you get a dozen sweet expression roses for 39.99 and a second dozen free you go to proflowers.com click the microphone type Emerson in the uh in the little box there and you uh can get that special deal 39.99 for a second dozen free 1-800-proflowers as well offer expires Friday Sean just says Really, this is so not even a breakup story at this point. She says, after dating a woman for a couple of months, we took our very first weekend trip together. I apparently have uncontrollable flatulence when I sleep. <laughs> I did not know this until I woke up and found her sitting on the edge of the bed putting on her shoes. After that weekend, she never called me or returned any of my calls ever again. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. That's Sean. All right, there you go. That's just worms to heart, you know? <sighs> and the bed. Right. Well, oh. did, he, did he play Dutch on? No, no, wow. All right. Uh, well, see, now, I don't know if we have time to do the zombie thing at this point. Do we? How much time? We? we should do news instead. we we'll, yeah, let do the, some news. We only have like three and a half We'll minutes. move the zombie thing tomorrow. All right, Dave Schmidtke, we go back to the news desk. We'll round this out with a couple of stories. As only you can read them, sir. <laughs> okay. No. Well, that sounds marvelous. I will try. I will and try. In the meantime, mind. we'll get to, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up?
11: Hey, everyone. Hello, hi. Uh, uh, hi, Sarah. Hello. Uh, mirror Mask. Have you watched it yet?
5: No, but you're, uh, you're the one, did you call and say that it's uh, an even
11: better version of Labyrinth? Oh, gosh. Yes, Yes. sorry, yes, you've identified it. Okay. And secondly, I just want to let everyone know, Dylan got his birth certificate. This
0: is Dylan's mom. Is it Dylan Riley?
11: No, I'm sorry, Dylan the truck.
0: Dylan, ah, yes, there's a woman who named a truck after Sarah.
11: Yes, yes, Yes. it doesn't poop or cry. Uh, But thank you so much for signing it.
5: Oh no worries!
11: No, it was so sweet. I actually showed it to everybody at the party, and we have, uh, you know, our party for the CBS Theater for the Zombies A to Z. Yes,
0: excellent. Every Sunday. Thank you.
11: And, and oh, love that! All thank right. you guys. Please.
0: Well, thank you so much. You have to send us a picture of it. Uh, of the party. Of the truck.
11: Oh, we have Tupperware parties and wiener Wrap parties. We do 70 parties for the A to Z uh,
0: over at Zody's. Really, you must you must send me an email about this. <laughs> All right, send me like a photo of the whole thing. All right, guys. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, there you go. Sometimes I have almost no idea what people are talking about. Hello, Dave. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hi, Rick. It was like we started with like a birth certificate, then it was a truck, then it was a wiener wrap, something or other, and then it was zombies.
7: You lost me. At the end of it, I was just so totally and utterly uh, confused. All right, hello, Dave Schmitke. Hello, Rick. Sarah, you know, Jenny's phone number is for sale, but not for long bids for a new jersey version of the number stuck in the minds of millions since Tommy Two-Tones 8675309 Jenny hit the top 10 in 1982. Well, we've reached $5,100 for that number on eBay as of Monday morning. The song is about a guy who finds Jenny's name and number scribbled on the bathroom wall. And um this this one you could probably file under the the cultural significance of who really cares.
0: Well, that is it's one of those things where it Uh, You know, and it's the rhythm of the numbers and it's like the way it flows. And I do believe somebody sent me this story uh, yesterday before. And I think it was like a DJ or somebody is the guy who owns it, of course. Um,
7: Yeah, Spencer Potter.
0: uh, Yeah. But it's like I think the novelty has worn off because he says that every single day he gets like 40 calls. I mean, I can't even imagine. There must have been news stories from back then when the song came out. I mean, about people who were getting, I mean, because that was a number one single. And I mean, there must have been people getting a thousand calls a day at that number. Like if you're in New York or L.A. or something. So, I mean, if you're getting 40 calls a day at mm-hmm. eight six seven five three zero nine, like now, I can't. If you if you sort of work, if you do it, you know, if you work it backward and extrapolate it through back through, you know, the word 1986 or five or whatever. I mean, you must have been looking at four digits worth of calls every single day. Yeah, yeah. And it surprises me the phone company hasn't just blacklisted those and removed them. Quite frankly.
7: Yeah, I mean, it says that it apparently, you know, the number is an active phone number in dozens of other area codes. Uh, it, it does get called a lot by curious people. Excellent. And he got that number, by the way, five years ago for free. All right. Uh,
0: all right. How, where are we at here time-wise?
5: Uh, 30 seconds.
0: Now, I got a mystery call, or we could just spend it talking amongst ourselves.
5: Well, why don't we have uh, Dave pimp his stuff again?
0: Dave, pimp your oh. stuff again.
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Looking to get our uh, our, money. our show home improvement show back on the air. I think we're going to call it Dave's House. Excellent on Channel 12 on Saturday morning. So anybody's interested in uh, contributing, uh, D Schmidtkey at Comcast.net, and I will put that uh, email address up on my uh, up on my blog. Marvelous.
0: We right. let
5: Rick come on and I come on your show sometime and help you build something. Yeah,
0: sure. That'd I don't want to. I don't want to build anything. I want to. I want to break something. Okay. Well, can we I, can do that. If you're going to have something to fix, can I come and really, really, really break <laughs> it
7: beforehand? Why don't you break it first and then Sarah and I will work on fixing it? Well, that's, that's typically something. how this show works anyway.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah.
7: right. Join us tomorrow when I guess we'll include David
0: Walker and Dorothy Costesary for the National Enquirer. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented and very tolerant Sarah Exton for AM 970 The Talker in the newsroom. Dave Schmidt. Key on the phones. Richie Bristol, sometimes. Uh, the web mistress is Bridget from upstairs. The gatekeeper, Dave's in, and of course, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. We want to thank Adrian from fitness works.org, as well as Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Katie Darrell, Dennis Pitzenbarger, and uh, Jim Roof. See y'all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Like us next. Be safe, and goodbye now.
6: Every really do not have an economic recovery package, 500 million Americans lose their jobs.